I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, we're in. And we've managed, oh my God, look at him. Look at him. (laughs) This is good, you know, because I feel like um, this is, Okay, of course this is a podcast, but I'm catching up with someone that I've known for such a long time. Mm. And um, so many different things have changed in both of our lives, and even more so yours. Um, also, it's the turn of the year. There's, oh, it's like, there's so many different, there's so much things to actually discuss and talk about. <laughs> so it's good that we're able to, of course, we could do it privately, mm. but it's good to do it like this because I feel like there's a lot to discuss do you know what I mean? And um, a, lot's, a lot's gone on, man. A, a lot's, lot's gone, gone on. on. I got Kojo with me, a man who I've I don't like. How long have I known you, bro? I'm trying to think of. I don't know the day. I don't know exactly like, like, when. Like personally know me or like no. known of me. Oh no! So that's a known of you is a completely different thing. I'm talking about like meeting you, like meeting each other, encountering mm. each other because the cork stays and stuff like that, and that uh, and like really early on in your career, I didn't know you. Yeah. And obviously I knew who you was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew what you was about. I knew what you, from early on, I knew what you stood for, but I never, I didn't know you. But I'm trying to think like, cause I, I we've, we've, we'd been speaking from a, a very long time. Bro. Yeah, I think, I think I used to see you around, didn't I? I used to see you around. Yeah. And um, that's when, that's when Chucky had braids, guys. Yeah, see it there? <laughs> yeah. Anyone that knows you braids knows you. Like, like, yeah, like, that's true, that's true, that's true, bro. <laughs> um, but um, I think, I used to see you around, didn't it? And I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was a girl. I think it was a girl that was like, oh yeah, like Chucky's a DJ, blah, 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 blah. But that, mm. that was something that you wouldn't have known, known about, whatever. Yeah. And then, um, trying to think, I think maybe around radio time. Okay. Well, I think we probably connected a bit Properly. more. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I came to one of your birthdays as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah bro. I think you came to the one well. in Boulevard in Eden. Yeah, 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 Fam, yeah. That was my first proper birthday. That one there. That was my first proper birthday event that I did. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. The, bro, it, it looked like you was, that was your thing, cuz. Like, I know, like, like I know. you were just pulling them out calm. Nah, bro, I'll be honest with you, yeah. That day, I was super, I couldn't believe it. I was so nervous about mm, going to this mm. party. 
Because, of course, it's in my ends and stuff like that, which helps, yeah? But that's the first time I've done anything like that. And then, like, you already know, man. You put on these things and people say to you that they're coming, but you don't know whether they're, they're really coming. And you can feel that people are coming, yeah. but you still don't know. And then you get, like, these... Like these butterflies and this mm. feeling of like, what if no one comes and mm. the, the venue size is this or whatever? Yeah. So, bro, it was like, big it was big. Bro, yeah, it was big. I was like, I was, I was very overwhelmed that like people that came and I think even you being there as well and people like you coming was like that was a a nice thing for me still because I think I think yeah I think I think with me I've always been like if I genuinely like the person, mm. it's nothing in it, and I, and I think we're all like that. Mm. I think we're all like that in, in whatever capacity. Like, if we really, like, mess with that person and we think that person's cool and we see what they're trying to do as well, which is yeah. ultimately the main thing. Then it's like, yeah, my man will come, man will get the Oyster card and come all the way to, to West yeah, London. Yeah. <laughs> to West London, you know? <laughs> Bam! I think I left in a day, bro, and it was like night time that I got there, bro. Was but, you still living in Hackney at them times there? Um... Nah, I probably was in like Docklands area. Okay. Around that time, but I think I was sharing with my boy at the time. Okay. Yeah, that's like when you first move out. Was ends. that the basketball done? Uh, I know you were like you was used to par with a brother, like to proper talk. No, oh, no, 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 Glenn, no, 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 Glenn. This one, you know, Glenn. I'm talking. Okay, yeah, Glenn, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that was after. Okay. That was after then. Yeah. So um. So yeah, yeah, around that time I was in like Docklands area and then, um, yeah, it was, it was good, man. It was good. And yeah. then I come to another one of your parties. That's when you introduced me to Angel. Okay. That's yeah. what Angel was like. Yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah, Angel just got signed, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I first met Angel. Shout out to Benny as well. Yeah, yeah man. so that was, that was a good time. So bro. many different moments, bro. Mm. Like crazy. Um, before we even talk about anything, I know obviously you just come back from LA. Yeah. You've been there a few times in a short space of time now as well, isn't it? Yeah, I was in How did you find it out there? So I, I, I lived there for a year, isn't it? I for think, real? Yeah, 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 yeah. After radio. So when I finished oh, radio... I, I kind of remember this. I yeah. remember a time when you left. Like, you left. Yeah. Was, and you was, went to, like, do some stuff out there and that, yeah, right? Yeah, I just... With me, like, I just went to just learn, bro. Like, sometimes... Yeah. I just, I've, I've invested so much money in learning this game on a big level. Yeah. around Big people. That that was, like, the next adventure. And I, I, I just got... You know, that we'll get, we'll get to the radio thing, but I'm sure. But, but when I left radio, it was like... That's why I wanted to go. I wanted to go to LA to study film and just really be around it and ask myself, like, why why do they execute so phenomenally, like, in movies? Mm. Like, mm. like, what is it? Like, is there, a new, is there a camera that we don't have? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Like, yeah, what yeah. is the glow yeah. about how they do their thing? You get me? So so that was that, was that time. And then of, of recently in October... This is after all the BGT stuff. So I got like mad emails from like agents all over there. So I went and met a few agents over there. And um, When you say BGT, by the way, just for people who don't Britain's know. Britain's Got Britain Talent. Talent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. So I went over, went over there with my manager, Quincy. And um, yeah, we just had mad meetings, met all these production companies and haven't been there before and like begged to kind of get auditions and, mm. and all the other stuff to now be in a position where they, they know I'm coming in town. So it's like, okay, we want to see him. Yeah. Different now. Mental. Absolutely mental. So I went with a really good agent who, agency who I felt like, because they flew over to Scotland to see me at Edinburgh Festival. Did they, yeah? Yeah, like, they know when people make an effort to kind of get you. I was just like, that's what I need at this stage in my life because I'm not 
21 where I can have a few agents out there and then yeah, yeah, it yeah. don't work and it's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like now I know what I need, what I want. Yeah. And um, I went with a really good agency out there. So yeah, so that was a lot of meetings and just setting things up really. And then this Sick. time was just birthday. Yeah, oh, this yeah, exactly. So you went and just months. enjoyed it on a, on a life one. Yeah, because I was like, oh, you know what, right? I took, because um, you know, I just done the commercials or the TV. Yeah, commercial. I see it still. Yeah, yeah. So like what part of the deal with that was I, I get like, couple of package holidays yeah worth a certain amount and um and i was like you know what like i've just where i am now i kind of just remember who was there when the lights were off mm. like my my closest people and some of them like that were there hadn't even known them long yeah do you know what i mean but they were there do you know what mm. i mean like so so i decided to take five of my friends my closest friends that could come um, to LA, so flights paid for, hotel paid for. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, we just yeah, all yeah. went out there and just had the time of our lives, yeah, bro. Do you know bro. what I mean? And and that to me was just like a thank you to them, of course, for just really being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really being there. I um when I first went to LA, I thought I was gonna hate it. I actually thought it was not gonna be for me one bit. But I went out there and I loved it so much. You know, I had such a good time when I went. There. I was there for. The first time I was there, I was there for two and a half weeks. And, like, the reason why I just didn't think it was going to be for me is because just, I just thought, in my head, like, oh, it's just, like, it's a bit too pretentious for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, Which it is. It is super pretentious. Yeah. Yeah, but I liked it. I'm not going to lie, I like some of that still. I liked some of that out there. But also, I think for me as well is that, like, there were still other levels that I proper enjoyed. So it was like, there is the pretentiousness, which I did see. But then there was also like some of the, the the local parties and that that were happening there and like all those things that I super enjoyed. And then like just finding out just like local places to eat and like just going to all the other different areas and exploring outside of what you would just perceive to be the typical part Hollywood. of... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm. So in the end, bro, I, I, I proper loved it. And I went back there again as well. And like, yeah, I've had some good times. It's like weird because I, I, I think... Like New York's my favorite city in the world. Okay. Cause I just love. I just think that when I land in New York, it's just like a, all I can smell is hustle. Yeah, I hear that. Story. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something in the air in New York. We just like grind, hustle, like real people. Mm. LA for me now feels like I'm going home. Okay. In the sense of like I've built such a network of friends over there that are doing really well or just starting out or mm. just have a common kind of interest as me as well mm. and just to go over there recently and like we got me and my boys like for a party mm. out there and it felt like I was at home like, mm. like you know the parties I used to I throw here mm. like like all these people were, were coming like and it was yeah. like I just stopped for a minute no one else knows but I stopped for a minute and I was like wow I'm not even at home yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm not even at home and this is what this is what I'm able to do and it, like LA to me it, it's now become that place where if money was no object, maybe I would move out there, but I don't think it's something that I need to do now mm -hmm. in my life. I've done it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's good. I enjoy, I think I'd enjoy it more if I can jump in and out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I definitely couldn't live in LA. <coughs> you see that? I couldn't live in LA. I definitely could not live in LA. I could live in New York. Atlanta somewhere, I, I think. I've never been I there. I could. you got to go. I like that somewhere... 
that because with me, like if anyone knows me, like I'm so pro black, it's un- yeah, un- yeah. unreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too yeah. much where I get too passionate about certain things and yeah. voicing my opinions on certain things. You get me? So yeah. it's like so it's like but but Atlanta is black Hollywood. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's being around your peers who look like you and yeah. they do all various different things and we're not stereotypically just rappers or comedians or entertainers, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're we're teachers, you know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like Wait, it's just being around that when energy. You see it is nuts. Like that as well, isn't it? Like when you see that, because we're so not used to seeing it, it's mad. Which I guess is one of the reasons why people love Ghana so much. Oh, Which is one of the reasons why I'm so pro I've never been Ghana, by the way. Go. I went to Huh? You got yeah, I, went, I was in Nigeria in December, funny enough, which was the first time I was... But you got to go Ghana. Ah, I hear that still. It's, 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 a, it's another... It's a whole another... It's, it's Vegas now, bro. Yeah. Like, like it... Like, like Dubai-ish. But yeah. black Dubai. Yeah, like. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, I just come back from Ghana and, and... It was just insane. And everyone that was there... You know, we, uh, I caught up with Stormzy in um, LA because he, 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 he was in was New there. York doing this yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel thing. Then he came to LA and threw a little shindig. Hmm. And it was just like, like we're all, we're all like, we're all, we're all like, um, not from here, but we're, we're able to do bits. This shit, I'm just yeah, saying, of course. And Shackle was there. Yeah. Everyone was there, bro. <laughs> like, it was mad. Oh, you talk, you're talking about LA. LA, oh, LA, recently. Okay, but, 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 like, you know, I know Stormzy's performing in Ghana. Yeah. Like, like, Man are doing tours in there, uh, over there now. Yeah, it's ready. Yeah, it's, it's ready. It's ready, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ready for you to go and do your own party and DJ, like, and you would turn around and think, I don't know no one in Ghana, but that's the, that's the biggest lie you can tell yourself. Yeah. Because everyone, everyone that went, you know. Yeah. Or knows you. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Do you know what it is as well, yeah? It is also the fact that, like, like, I, I've never been able to articulate this until I experienced it, yeah? And it's more just like being in an environment where there's it's super populated with people that are doing a lot of productive stuff, a lot of hella productive stuff that all look like me. Like, fam, it's crazy. It's, it's maybe because... Like, it's not to say that we live in a place where it's, like, multicultural and stuff like that, yeah? Like, in our immediate areas and stuff like that yeah but when you go to a whole country and you're seeing like a lot of people that look like you that are just on stuff yeah it's like it just feels different and that's what i yearn for like i crave those 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 moments i mm. crave those feelings it's like being in ghana and like all the billboards just look like you yeah like it's and it's so minute to some people of but course. like just to look up and just constantly See that it's it's nuts. Do you know why it's minute to some people though? Because to some people, that's kind of what they see for themselves all the time, and they've just grown up like that, and it's just been normal to them. Mm. It hasn't been normal to us. But this is what I'm saying, and like you know, big up Vanessa Vanderpuy, who's in um, Bulletproof mm. with Noel Clark and Asher, and she's she's all over Ghana, like on the billboards, and I'm like, that's my bridging, like calm, and it also really. It also really makes me double back a little bit on some of the pressure that the black community gives to white people here. Because this is white people's home. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, how I move in Ghana is how white people move in England. Of course. Confidently. Like, when I walk street, <laughs> yeah. I ain't moving out no one's way. Like, I ain't got to move out no one's way. Like, here, it's different. Mm. Subconsciously, we can all be like, we're British and all the other stuff. But subconsciously, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I I I think that it's it's trying to understand that 
everywhere you go, there's people that this is this that's this is the, where they belong, mm. and there's a lot of us not where we belong. That's true. Yet we we find ourselves trying to force fit into next man's yard. Like if I come to your house and tell you, bro, you shouldn't have your furniture like this. You're like, what's what man talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I feel sometimes we're doing here. Yeah. But when you go home, build your own house, innit? That's true. Build your own house, create your own world. Akon is spearheading the whole thing in Ghana. Yeah. You know, by just going, he's, he lives there. That's where he lives. I heard he's building a whole city. Yeah, he's got Akon City. He's not heard. That's, just, that's, that's what's going on. That's a mad thing. It's, it's mad, but it's becoming the norm, bro. And yeah. I'm, you know, me, Bizzle, I don't know if you saw the picture of me, Bizzle's Bizzle. creating a big, he's part of like some big um, apartment complex. Yeah. That's Me, him, Fuse, Chris Eubank, yeah. Uh, Timbo was all out there just just getting ready to invest because it's it's time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's time. And you guys, wherever your family's from, you've got to start looking at that. We're now yeah, we becoming are. our parents yeah. now where, yeah. where we're like, bro, I could do six months in Ghana. Calm. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? When, when, when you're younger, you think, right, this is all I know. Yeah. But we're getting older now. Yeah, that's true. I've been saying anyway, like over, especially over the like, like my you know Manny Manny Norte, he's mm. been DJing out there like for the last nine years and mm-hmm. always been te- just going on about it and stuff like that. And now you're starting to see how big it's become. But like even then, over the last couple of years, yeah, when I look, I get, I don't get FOMO often these days. I don't. But recently, when I've been seeing everyone out there, I'm like, yeah, I need to kind of experience it. But on the flip side of it, there's the other side of like, yeah. I love seeing the man them and the gal them out there spending peas. Mm. Spend it. Go out there and spend the peas. Mm. Because more time, when we go to Dubai or we go to these other places, like, man are going out there and spending hella... Like, take some of this, spend it over there. Yeah. Let's help build this, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buy all the champagne. Buy out all of the bar. Do all of that. St- hire the venues. Mm. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Invest in all of that. And like, bro, watch how watch what happens with that over some well, exactly. years to come. Exactly, it it builds um, comfortability. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It builds trust. Yeah, out there as well, and I think that's where Ghana and Africa is getting is with the world starting to trust outside of the stereotypes of what's been sold to us about Africa. Mm. Like even Americans, like three hundred thousand visas got handed out. Mm. They're now selling citizenship, dual citizenship to to be live in Ghana like it's it's really really happening now and um, I think recently a few spoke to Fuse over there and recently <coughs> um, recently they, there was a summit here where all the presidents and all that from various places in Africa were in, in town just discussing how can we continue these relationships with America Europe you know forget England for a minute there's people from Switzerland that are Ghanaian and, and Swedish and German all going home mm. and it was just beautiful to see and there's, there's moments where you just stopped and you'd be like I mean, God, I'm in Africa, like, and yeah. this is not no South Africa business, like, yeah, like yeah, still. for real, for real, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're here, and and it's and it's growing, and, yeah. and I love that. And people like Eddie Caddy as well, like, I really have to big him up because he's been pushing that for a long time, mm. pushing it for a long time. Um, Harm K, um, people like the Ghana Escapes, do you know what okay. I mean? Like, just getting that package, putting, sending people over there that aren't even going in, and everyone's just coming back, like. You go the first time, it's like, yeah, I'm already booking for next year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's beautiful, man. Just, I want to throw this out there as a quick, um, just like to make, to get people's attention. I don't know who this guy is. He goes by the name of Freedom Something. You might know who he is. <clears throat> He's from Ghana. I don't know who this Don is, 
But when he comes to this country, I want him on the podcast, bro. Because he was out there when you lot was out there. He lives out there. But like, he always wears, you know what I'm talking about? He wears like this. I got to show you, bro. Let me just find it and show it to you. Huh? When you see him, you'll know it. Whoever this guy is, someone, if he ever comes here, make him aware that I want to have a conversation with him. I'll show you right now. What is it? I don't know what he does. This, here, I'll show you. Michael, oh, here, here. Take this. Whoever that Don is. You see it? Did you see him when he was out there? Nah. Whoever not, that not is. Not in that outfit. Huh? No, no. <laughs> Whoever that, that is. Party, blood. Let Because I want to know what, I don't want to know what he does. I want to know about him. And I saw his yard. His yard looks absolutely incredible. I just want to know who he is, what he does. And I want to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Yeah, bro, he, he ain't no small fry, though. No, definitely I'll not. I'll tell you that much. Definitely not, bro. I'm, I'm like, damn these jokes. Let me find out what man's, <laughs> man's patterning out there because I want some of this. But man's listen. Pulling up in the camel, blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uber Don't camel. Up in the cam- <laughs> I would, maybe you should put that up. Yeah, I'll show you. But yeah, bro. So, oh, man. Like, I'm looking at you, bro. And I'm like, something's different, but there's a lot that's still the same because obviously it's still the same old G. You know what I mean? But a lot has definitely changed in your life and that. Um, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start with you, bro, because there's been so much that's happened in your career from the start to now. Maybe for people who are not fully aware, because, like, naturally, Britain's Got Talent would have done a lot in terms of, like, people who are not aware of... They're just not even... They're not in Never tune with community, yeah, yeah, with comedy and stuff like that, and black comedy and all of these type of things as well. So I know that would have lifted up your profile hugely, yeah. But like, even for some of my audience who are quite young in that, yeah, let's just talk a, a little bit from like the earlier stages. Obviously, you grew up in Hackney. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always called yourself the Fresh Prince of Hackney and stuff like that. You're a comedian. Um, talk to me a little bit about like just growing up in Hackney. <sighs> Growing up in Hackney was... Which part of Hackney was you in? Clapton. Okay. Because, bro... Murder Mile. That, it, that, that, that. Fam? You know. Like, Hackney now, people see Hackney as a place that is a cool place to go to. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Peckham as well. I still can't even fathom that. <laughs> Seriously, bro. I can't fathom the, the whole this Peckham and Hackney thing is cool and trendy. Mm. I won't go in there. Mm. I won't go... I wouldn't go there to check you. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not going there. It's different now. But for you, obviously, growing up, you lived it. You know what I mean? Tell me about the environment so, that it was when you was there. So the environment when I was there was, uh, it was tough. It was, you was, you was, you was five minutes away or even less from madness mm. or amazingness. Like, like, you know, it was, it was right. He was in, in the middle of it. He was uh, a tough area. Um... Gets a lot of broken homes as well. Uh, a lot of people being raised by either their mum or their dad. Mm. Very few had both. Um, I, I was, I when I when I um, came to Hackney, like I was about five, so I, I was in foster care from five years old. Okay. So my mum and my dad done a madness. Um, got locked up. And then, oh, both of them was in jail. Yeah. Ross, I didn't know that, you know. No one knows. No one knows. What? So, oh, this is interesting. How long? Like, how long were they in jail? If you don't mind me asking. For me, at the time, it seemed like thirty Forever. years, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, 
they were, yeah, I think about three years. So did you know when you was five, did you know that they went to jail or yeah. did, were they just, were you just told that our oh, mummy and daddy are away? No, nah, no, nah, I knew, I knew they had gone to jail and then I, um, I, uh, I used to go and visit them. Oh, really? Yeah. So my mum was in Holloway and my dad was in Caledonia. And how did you, like, do you remember how you felt when you was going to see them, like, at that time? Because obviously, you know that they're your mum and your dad. Was you able to, like, to actually um, conceptualise exactly what was happening? Or was you just so young that it was just kind of like, yeah, man, I'm just going to check mum in jail and that? I think because of where me and my sister were placed, it always seemed like a day out mm. rather than a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Like where we was, like my aunt Sandra who raised us, like it was so dope there that I never felt like I was missing anything. So when I would go and see my mum and my dad, it was like, oh, we're going to visit mum and dad. Mum would be like, my mum was sick at drawing. So like oh, every time I go, I get a post of my favourite superheroes, like Spider-Man, Superman, like my bedroom was lit with just posters, you get me? And so every time I will go there, it was a, it was a happy feeling. Do you know what I mean? Because I was young and I'll get something back and I'll be like, put it on my wall. Um, so it wasn't even anything, it never seemed, any at that age, it never seemed nothing negative. Mm. It just seemed like, yeah, go and visit mum and dad, see them and then come home and then carry on with the rest of the family that we was growing up with. Yeah, so who who was you living with? At the so my aunt, Sandra, who was the foster carer. Yeah, yeah. And her husband. And then there was like her children. I feel like enough Caribbean and African families have a family member that is a carer or a foster carer. Mm. My nan was one. Yeah, no. I remember you told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my nan was one. Still. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. It was Leslie and then Jonathan who were sons of um, my aunt Sandra, and then it was me and my sister. But then there was all like like Tennyson and other people that were coming in and out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we weren't supposed to be there long. We were supposed to kind of be there for like a six months I think it was yeah and then and then move on to like my my aunt my mum's sister and then it was just we just it was just a thing where we just bonded so well and then like the thought of us not have not being there yeah we couldn't even fathom it so yeah. it was like nah the, the mom's like I'm keeping them like as long as I as long as you don't need me to rather than moving around and being unfamiliar like I'll, I'll keep them too did you see what <laughs> I always I don't make want to make a joke out of this yeah but See when your mum and dad came out of jail and that yeah was it, I, I'm assuming it wasn't a situation where they've come out and everyone's standing there and you bust the champagne and fling it pour it on them. Let it home now. I can't say what they done, but they were they were terrible at what they done. Okay, they were terrible, bro. Like I couldn't even go to school and go, hey, watch out, you know, my mum and dad look like them, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd nothing to gloat about. Like, they, were, they were terrible. But, so so no. it, it wasn't that. It was just more like actually what happened was it was like okay they're coming out now. They're getting sent back to Ghana. Okay. And you lot are going with them. Raw. So now I'm seven years old, seven, eight years old, and I'm being told, yeah, we're going on a holiday to Ghana to see mum and dad. So I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, I'm excited. Not knowing there ain't no return ticket, bruv. Yeah. So me and my sister went out there, and, um, and, um, yeah, it was just like there. And then I remember even today, like, because I've just finished writing my autobiography, so everything's still kind of very, clear in my mind of, of, of those moments. And I remember my aunt packing her bags and leaving. And I was like, why, why are you packing your bags? Like, where, where are you going? Do you know what I mean? Because she was my mum, as far as I was concerned. Mm. Like she, even till today, where our bond is like unbreakable. And 
And I was like, well, like where are you going? She goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going back home. I'm going to stay here with your mum and dad. And I just remember bawling my eyes out. Like, like what are you doing? Like, what do you mean you're leaving me here? Mm. I don't, what, what are you talking about? Like, well, there's no world where you don't exist mm. in it. So, so when she left, I remember I was crying for about a month, my mum said. Serious? Yeah, my mum was like, I was crying for about a month. And, <clears throat> and just being forced to... Remember, like, when you lived in England... It ain't like Ghana is now. Do you know what I mean? Like when you when you live in England, you're used to more. Mm. What do you mean? What do you mean you have to go down the road and get water? Like we talking about like yeah, fling about, it on my head and that. yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what do we mean have to make up my own truck yeah. with metal and cut my hand? And why are you giving me this tire to play with? Like what are yeah. you talking about? I'm computer. And like, where's the knife on foot? Fam, like it, like and people might be thinking like these are taking the piss, but no, like for real. I wasn't used to all of that stuff. I weren't used to it. Um, but the best time to teach anybody's when you're young. Like you can teach a four-year-old Spanish now and you probably get it quicker than an adult would. Definitely, yeah, of course. This, this, I'm trying to say yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. us being young and in Ghana, you just absorb it quickly. You get mm. over it. You, you cry until you can't cry no more mm. and you realise that it ain't changing and then you start to love what you're doing and then... You know, like I, I just started hanging out with my cousins a bit more mm. and going to school out there. And I always had my sister, even though she was younger than me. Like I always, it's weird. Like her being next to me just made me safe. Yeah. Like if I had no one else, I had my sister. Do you know what I mean? Who knew what I knew? Kind of thing. Living here, so we was there for like two years, to the point where I couldn't speak English anymore. Okay. Like, so you went in and fully indulged. Fully. Oh, you got past the Berlin. Fully. And then now you're like fully indulging. Absolutely. And left English, gone back in Mom, England. Yeah, it's, like yeah. like I couldn't speak English anymore. Yeah. All I was speaking was tree. Like full on. Sick. That's sick, and man. um and yeah, it was just like you know, my grandma was alive at the time as well. Some us were we was really close with her. And my family weren't poor. Like my dad was like very wealthy, his family was wealthy, his uncle was the president at one time. And the house that they had was like 40 bedrooms, massive. I can't even say, there was like a car park. Like, you could probably put a thousand cars there, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. You had a pool, you had a pool, you had a basketball court, you had a lake. Like, yeah. this so was on my lit. dad's side. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of lit. Yeah, this is on my dad's side. I remember we used to always go there, like even to, 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 to this day, I was like, I'm going to get married there one day. Like, do you know what I mean? Because that's what all, the, all our cousins have done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and yeah, so it was kind of like... Uh, uh, a very tough period for me at the time. And then my mum was like, do you know what? You're going back. You're going back. And she didn't even tell my aunt that she was she, that I was coming back or even like the foster system or anything like that. She just sent me back, bro. And I, um, she sent me back. Um, my, one of her friends picked me up at the airport, stayed with her for like two nights. And then... Um, How old was you then? Nine. Okay. And then um, Madeline, my aunt Madeline, um, she, she was living in the Angel area. And then she took me to my aunt's house and then just, my aunt opened the door and she was like, what was, what you doing there? Yeah. What? Like, like what's that? And she goes, yeah, um, Patricia, like my mum's like, wants you to um, look after Kojo again. And my aunt would never ever be like, no. Yeah. But it's still very inconvenient. You know what I mean? And then two months later, my sister turns up. Oh shit. Well, my mum's like, shot in us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, aunt, my mom's out here shot him, man. Yeah. And then, and then, but my aunt loved both of us so much so it was, that it to was her, like it was like, 
she was getting us back. Yes. More than us being of inconvenience to her kind of thing. This is interesting in a sense to me, yeah, because, yeah, did you, see when even when you went back to Ghana with your mum, with your parents, yeah, did they feel like your parents? And see when you went back, or you came back to England and you was with your aunt, did it feel like you was going back to mum? So, Do you understand what I say yeah, when I say I think, that? I think definitely they feel like they were our parents once we was in Ghana. Because it, it was like, that was the only familiarity that we had there. Yeah. But then but then coming back to England, I was coming back home. Like, I, like it was weird. I was nine years old, but I remember what bus, what bus we had to take. I remember, I was so confident <coughs> that when my Aunt Madeline took me, was taking me to my Aunt Sandra's house, I was so confident of how to get back there. Mm. That actually got off two stops early. Oh, just to show that you could. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, no. I remember there. Get off here, but but we, but we got off too early. Like. Oh, okay, okay. So it was okay. supposed to be two stops after, but I was so <laughs> cocky with it. Like I was so happy to be back that I was like, no, there, no, uh, get off here, and then we had to just do a little ten minute trek. Yeah, yeah. To the next yeah. uh, to the next bus stop, and then and then walking back to the, the the estate, and then just walking back into the house, and then it was just it was just mad. And then they had they had um had another child as old Keisha. Um, and and yeah, it was just like, but it it just took not being there for two years. It took about like a week to just settle back in. Yeah, of course, naturally, bruv. I always think about that. Like, I was literally, I was in, um, I was DJing in, I DJ in Nike, yeah. And um, there's a guy that works in there, a proper good youth still, and like he's Jamaican. Mm. And we were just talking yesterday, funny enough, about him. Like, he's only been in the country for three years, yeah. And so he was just telling me, talking to me about his journey and all of these type of things and just like how it's been for him here. And like, as he's talking, it did make me think flipping out, like that whole, like living in another country mm. and then coming back and then, then living in another country again or whichever way it works. is like, it's such a big thing that a lot of us never really experienced because we only, if anything, a lot of us get to go on holidays and that. But to actually have to go and live somewhere else and then come back and then live somewhere else again, it's like the whole settling in and the difference in cultures and all these and the way that we do things and it's nuts, <coughs> isn't it? When I was in Ghana, and I hope you get him on the podcast soon when it's time, like, but when I was in Ghana, I caught up with Cash. Okay, yeah, I can't wait to chat to him. And with him, he won't know this, but when, when, when what happened to him did happen to him, I stayed in contact with him. Yeah. And, and and vice versa as well. Like, if I was doing something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they would support it or, like, coach, mm. keep doing things, whatever. And I'm, at the time, I only met Cash once. I think when he done the song with Kyra and I remember going to the video shoot, do you know what I mean? And and I just remember him being a really cool kid, do you get me? And then when he was in, when he was in Ghana, I was just so happy to see him and to hear everything that was going on, him coming back, etc. But, like, I understood what he had to adapt to, even as an older person mm. than I was. Like... This ain't part of the plan. Mm. This was never the part of the plan. What's, what's going on here? To mentally digest that and then to have a movie that's happening in, in, in the UK come mm. out to Jamaica and put like, you in it. Mm. Like, do you know how much love that is? Yeah, like, he was in the intent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, do you know how much love that is, bro? Mm. That they brought a whole movie thing and you was like the Donny out, out there. there. Yeah. And the culture still gets to see you yeah. and not forget about you. Like, 
I don't like it's not a simple thing where anybody that could happen to anybody. No. So I said to him, like, what you've been through, bruv, is going to be the best part of your book when you write it. Hundred percent. It's gonna be the best part. And all of us, like, we go through things in life. And we've all said, why me and what's going on or whatever. But that's the best part of your book. 100%. Do you know what I mean? And if you're trying to be great and really leave impact and legacy, just own those moments. Like, own those moments because, mm. because you know, they're the bits that people want to know and, and, mm. and inspire, you know, feel inspired by. You know mm. what I mean? And, um, yeah, shout out to him, man, because I know what he's about to do is going to be Bro, yeah, bro. I've spoke about Cash so many times and obviously mentioned the fact that, like, how this thing even started was part of a conversation I had with him when he, when they first removed him from the country, um, which is still one of my favourite conversations, bro. Mm. Like, they just removed him and um, we spoke. He was out there and he was just telling me, like, little bits about what was happening and how he felt and stuff like that. <coughs> and it was a deep thing, like, very deep thing. So it's good to see that he's, like... I saw he's done um, an interview or something recently on his YouTube where he's talking about it a little bit and he's just talking about still processing it. Because that, that happened to him at an age where, remember, he was he was cutting through. There was like a was. there was like a few artists Young at that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, it was going around that time. Yeah, exactly. Before Storms even. like Before yeah, Storms, of yeah. course. Um, was his sneak... <coughs> sneak mode. <coughs> sneak mode out, was out there. Yeah. doing his thing and that and like he was next absolutely he was next absolutely and it got literally snapped from underneath his feet but you know what the culture and a lot of people within it that like especially people that he knew personally like there's certain people that have been able to yeah. do things for themselves yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. and but they've still always bangles that. yeah exactly yeah, yeah, still yeah, bangles yeah. even Kenny Allstar you know yeah. their relationship like you look at what Kenny Allstar's doing over there and like they've all still had their hand over there mm. and showed him X amount of love. But mm. yeah, Sigma, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll have him here at some point. But anyway, bro, in terms of like, you know what I mean? Teenager, naturally, there's all these stories of like being funny in school and yeah, loving the funny man and all these type of things or whatnot, yeah. But like, for me, like growing up, comedy over here, like you saw there were certain things on TV that was like funny, but I personally didn't feel... Like, there was a young um, comedy scene that was, like, obviously as strong as it is now, but it was, like, maybe one or two people that see, that were funny. But, like, some of the people that I knew that were funny, they were, like, my mum's generation. So, like, like Eddie Nesta. Blackwood um, and all that. Blackwood, yeah. Blackwood was probably the closest one mm -hmm. to somebody that I would have been able to feel like, oh, yeah, like, we're... Like Curtis Walker, Curtis Walker, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Entourage. But you was like one of the first that I felt like came from our generation, yeah, that was starting something that we had never really seen before. Mm. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about like just the lane that you started creating for yourself in that sense, because I don't know where it, as long as I've known you, bro, I've known you for such a long time, but I don't know where it really started. All I could see, all I saw was, the the um the achievement parts like doing the stuff on MTV base yeah. and like you know doing um uh Fresh Prince of Hackney and Hackney Empire but also you had your weekly thing that was in Corks and whatnot like I don't know the start <coughs> I think in school I was funny but I was always witty and like I, I never got in trouble for what I did in school I always got in trouble for what I said yeah so I'd always like have the last 
last laugh or the last line in it. Like my teacher would say something, and I'll just come back with something fire, and the whole class would be busting up. But like, like the funniest person in my class was Jermaine, like a guy called Jermaine Smith, mm. and Jermaine was just silly and you know pull your hair down and put glue on your on the chair when I sit down. Like he was Bart Simpson in it. Mm. Like I've never been that silly. Mm. I've, I've always been quite quick and sharp. Mm. So. A pivotal point, I think, there's, there's moments in my life where I think defines where I am now. Okay. One of them in school was all my, you know, I was, even now, even if you follow me, like I'm crazy about football. Oh, yeah, I know. Absolutely, man. yeah. Absolutely. And I could, I'm even happy right now because everything's it. going great right I can't now. even believe yeah? it. Yeah. But I'm so, I'm so passionate about football. But in school, when you know we have to pick our options, yeah, yeah, what, year nine? That's year nine, yeah. All my donnies in school, they were all picking double PE, bruv. They all picked <laughs> yeah. pick double PE. And I was just like, what am I doing picking double PE? I kicked ball for the school team. I kicked ball on the weekends for my uh, Springfield. I kicked ball all over the place. Like, why would I just go and do double PE? So I, I, I was the only one that chose drama. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was the only one that chose drama. I did, dra- I did all right in music. drama in school, by the way. Right. So, so, so what are you saying? There's a potential... Boy, I got a B. Hollywood setting. I got a young B. <laughs> I got a young B. That was my highest thing. I'm not gonna lie. I'll hold on to that one. I don't know what else I got for anything else, bro. Yeah. All I know is I got a B in drama. Come innit? on. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 that, that, that means something to us, cause are you mad? Of course. But um, but in drama, so I actually our final project. I wrote the play. I remember writing the play. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I could tell stories in it. Mm. And um, and I got A plus. Okay. In drama, yeah. I got A plus in drama and I got B in music, yeah. Sweet. And and I felt like I just was able to use those moments better than playing football for two for two hours. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and then, so that kind of set me around the whole being being in front of people, performing, etc. And then another thing that shaped me was going to Springfield Boys Club in East London, which was you know sometimes they'll send you on little trips here and there where you get to you know like a prize night or whatever and you get to speak you know you you're presenting some old guy i remember Jackie Vaughan i think the guy's name was and um I had to be had to present an award to him and we had to do a little speech first and i i remember not being nervous hmm. i remember not being nervous about talking in front of all these people that were dressed smart and in their best you know what i mean and just you're just a little black kid from east london come out the ends for a couple of hours and you get to come and do this and i remember just being very confident reading and talking talking to people so that happened and then do you remember when me and reggie done mighty truck yeah of course right so me and reggie has done mighty truck and stuff that was kind of my first breakthrough shout out to reggie and yeah shout out to reggie Yates for that and um, that was the first my first real breakthrough <clears throat> Um, opportunity because mm. me and Reggie was obviously one extra together as well with Dev. Oh yeah, shit! Um, I forgot you was on one extra as well. When it yeah, when it started, when it all kicked off. Yeah. So so we was all had like them two had their show and I was like a contributor on it. Yeah. But me and Reggie became really really close and then when Reggie had, Reggie had the opportunity to produce his own show, he he said like, what you what do you think? So I went and auditioned for it with, his, with the production team <coughs> and I got it and then um, yeah started doing that. So what happened was we had a weekend off. Or maybe like four or five days off, and we went to New York. Mm. So at this time, um, I'm still doing. I'm really starting at Corks, etc. But like, yeah. still, still performing. So not Corks, still performing. Is my like, is money all right at this point? Like, is money? Is things happening? 
Kinda. Today? No, like th- when you was do- them oh, times Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm on BBC, bro. Okay, of course. So, bro, yeah. Was, so, the check's getting... Yeah. Fuck, that's what a thousand man. Yeah. And I was like, wait, all, all this, all of this for me? Yeah. Like, one time. All of this yeah, for me? split it. Yeah, yeah. No, bro. And God knows what Reggie was making. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. But I'm, I'm like... Oh, shit. One oh. day we're going to... Reggie, one day we're going to have a conversation about that. Them, <laughs> them early checks. Them early ones. Yeah, them yeah. early checks. Them early I'm ones. curious young, about that. Checks. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's not about pocket watching. It's about being inspired. Yeah, absolutely. All but right. I, I was like, whoa, like, that was, that was it for me. Mm. And then um, we, we, we're doing a show and then we, we had opportunity to just have a few days off. So we went to New York. And we stayed at my friend's house. And Reggie remembered this, a guy called Norman. We st- stayed at my friend's house. And so we didn't get a hotel now. We just stayed at his house in the Bronx. And then, me, and then during the, during the, um, the evening, um, I had comedian friends that... Remember, I used to fire a lot of the Americans over to yeah. Corks, innit? So a lot of them were out there. So me and Reggie went they to... You can't skip past that, by the way. <laughs> we went to, um, we went to um, a New York comedy club called the Boston Comedy Club, where a guy called Will Sil Vince was the host. I remember being in there, right? And this is like 2002, 2001, 2002. And we're just seeing like Mike Epps walking. Mad. Legend. Uh, Bill Bellamy walking. Mad. Kevin Hart, mad young, mm. walking in. Uh, Chappelle, like, just calm. In one night. Bro, calm. It was no, just like, good. it was just mental. And I, and then I remember sitting there like, Reg, man, this is... This is what we need in England. Mm. This is what we need in England. We just need a regular comedy club weekly. Like, I'm coming, I'm performing. And remember, I'm post Room Coy, so yeah, people like Kojo and you're funny. You look maybe like you've got a buzz around you, but you ain't getting no, ain't getting no big bookings. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting the little scraps that you can get. Mm. You know, a man was performing in raves, bruv. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just to get on stage and just bust two <laughs> jokes, bruv. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of them things that I just did whatever it took to just be in front of an audience. And. Then I was like, nah, we got to come and do something. we got to do it every week. And I remember Mr. C, shout out to him, I called him up and I was like, I remember you used to do Cork's Wine Bar, but are you still doing it there? And he goes, no, nah, nah, we're not doing it anymore. I said, do you mind if I, do you mind if I and put something in there? Because I know you lot used to, do you have, do you have the woman's number? And I remember Laura Clark, I shout out to her. Um, and people I heard don't exist no more where you're going to see this little black kid who's got like this idea for a comedy night. I know I'm not coming to them on no monthly business either. No. Like I'm coming to like every week. week yeah. The, I know the club ain't open, but like every week I would like to put a comedy show on mm. like how much would it cost? So she was like, well, it's £150 and um, if you get 100 people in there, <coughs> you get that money back. Okay. So I remember the first night we done, we got, I, I remember this, we got 96 Shit. people in there. Right, and it was the littest thing ever. But I was like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, the night was sick. Yeah, but you're like, man, like they still pay to get in, though, right? Yeah, people still pay. It's like so fiver. Yeah, of course. Sorry. But but you're paying comedians and all the yeah, other of stuff, course. right? So you're thinking, man. All I was thinking at the time is, ah, oh, what one one fifty back in it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so that I, so that I don't have to pay to rent it out again because mm. I'm thinking renting it out again, one hundred and fifty pound. Like I made the money like that. Yeah. Um, and then. And then the second week, we got like 160 in. And I never was asked to pay £150 again, again yeah. for about nine years, bro. Mad. Yeah. That's and how long that thing was going on for. Fuck every man. Sunday. I, and to be fair, I don't think there's a promotion in London, like I say, that we're going on longer. Bro, a comedy thing. Unheard of, bro. Not even Not, a rave, bro. Even Hanover Grand yeah, had a period. Text me had a That's period. That's true, actually. But there's no promotion. Even like the garage, like years. back in the day, like the garage raves and all of that. 
All of those, those had period. Everything had a period, didn't it? Yeah, but like remember the, the, the big one, like the Sun Cities and the, they, they were like, what was the one that you used to go to? Twice, twice as, nice. as nice. Yeah, but twice as nice didn't have, twice as nice didn't have like but it every week, week did it? No, it wasn't. This is what I'm trying to say. They were like now and then, monthly. Yeah, yeah, of the course. The span of it is definitely longer than that. Long, yeah, of course. Those things are like 20, week. 25 years and that. It's slightly different than Milkshake. Oh yeah, Milkshake. 14 years. Oh, 14 years. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. fuck with that. Then. Yeah, shout so, out to Hanif. No, 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 no. Milkshake <laughs> was gone in yeah, though. Was yeah, that King's Cross? No, Milkshake, that, they've always been in ministry. Hanif, oh, right, that's Hanif. Okay, right, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, you're talking about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course. That, that, that was a corporation. Man. Yeah, of course. There's <laughs> a little black man, man. Hanif, getting yeah. a little, little, little piece yeah, of in course. his pocket, you get me? So, so nine years, and then I just remember being a fan of Dev Comedy Jam, innit? So, every time I go over there, I'll be like, Will, like, who can I fly over? So I flew over Rob Stapleton, Alex Torres, uh, all the deaf comedy jam lot. Yeah. Kevin Hart came over. Oh, man. Kevin Hart came over, bro. Kevin Hart stayed in my yard. Did he? All of them no, did. No, Carl, let's talk that. Sorry. Well, I need, all of them I did. need stories. So what do you mean? Wait. Wait, wait hold on. You, you, you're assuming that this 24-year-old knew about hotels. <laughs> I knew how to book a flight. I had two tickets. One to come here. Want to go back in. So you, did you not think as far as Ra, where's my man going? Did you just, was it, did you have that relationship where it's like, bro, I can fly you over and that, but it's a spare bedroom thing. They weren't even at the level where they were asking for hotels. They were just happy to be, be here. here. Of course. They're probably happy that you booked a flight. But this is what I'm saying. So we're both just gassed. We're both gassed. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Ra, man, it's coming. And they're like, yeah, it's coming. Sick. Yeah. And they stayed at my yard, all of them. Like Glenn, Glenn will tell you, like they were all at the crib. Yeah. yeah, they were all at the crib in Hackney, um, in Hackney, and these man was in the hood. Getting, my man would take them to the calf, man, having like these yeah. toast fry up, thing settings, like boom, and then they'll go back. They'll come for like two two nights, and they would go back. Yeah, and a few of them came back, but Kevin was one of them that come. Um, Willie Robo. Ah, oh, do you know what Willie Robo? I I think he bro. <coughs> I I can't remember how I stumbled across him. Maybe it might have been a Def Comedy Jam or something. I don't know if he did that, but I know he did something, and I got a tape. It was a it. Bad Boys Comedy Problem. Bad Boy, yeah. And I remember watching it in the morning when I was going to work. I had like a little job these times, whatever. Yeah, bro, I died, bro. I died. I think of the first time you watch Robo, you've never seen anything better, uh, bro. Real the talk. first time, the first time you see him, yeah. he gets you like yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. He's he like. He's so raw. Full entertainer. Yeah, proper. And, and he's the like, sound effects and yeah, the animals. Yeah. And yeah. The, it's a, it's a, to me, like, I think he's the, probably the best performer I've ever seen yeah. live that can just do all of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He can genuinely do all of it. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was good for me. And at this time, I'm just building my name now. My name is getting really, really big. Um, I left, I'd, you know, I'd left one extra. So they, they they were they was at a place where um they was at a place where they was like, Look, we can't continue to keep you on here. <coughs> we're going in another direction with the show with Reg and Dev and so we can't use you anymore. So now I'm thinking, Whoa, man, what's what's man gonna do? Do you see what I'm just, cause I was getting I was getting like twenty five pounds a week mm. to go and do a little contribution thing. And that was travel expenses. Okay. On one extra. So I wasn't like fully yeah. staff. Do you get me? I was just like a contributor. Yeah. But so now I was like, right, like, what am I going to do? So then I, that's when I, I was like, I'm going to go and do the comedy club. So um, Sunday show. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I used to go Sunday show as well. I felt like that was, like, another one of the first things that we'd had in our scene and culture 
that was like building up as well, yeah, from the comedy aspect. They had like obviously they had performances and all these different things, yeah. But thinking about it now, unless I missed it, yeah, while you are creating something that is going to end up being a, a you know being a massive contributing factor to having the comedian the comedy scene that we've got now and Sunday show also doing their thing I never saw you two collaborate so much or did you no why <laughs> because <clears throat> so I was doing my thing for about for about 6 years at Corks and Marvin and Napa used to come to Corks every Sunday and then they decided, and I'm cool with both of them. Oh now. shit! Yeah, I've just clocked it now. I know yeah. where this is going. Yeah, I'm very cool with them now, though. Mm. Yeah, but at the time, what they did was they instead of going away and creating a show, they had the energy of let's bring Kojo down to boost ourselves up. Mm. So people like Jamie Howard, who who started with me, would go on stage and be like. Yeah, Kojo's Comedy Fun House is dead now. This is where it's at. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. My phone. And this time, yeah, I'm actually in, living in New York now. So, Corks was kind of coming towards its end for me. Because I just got to a stage where I felt like, what's the next thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I'm giving to all these comedians. I'm not getting anything back. That's that's what I felt at the time. Yeah. And then Sunday shows popping, so they're booking comedians. But like you said, it's a talent show. Their thing, their thing was always a talent show. But but you have one comedian on the bill, then it's a, it's deemed as a comedy show. Whereas yeah. mine was strictly comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like I can tell you the people outside of comedy that perform gigs. Yeah, yeah. When Russell Simmons came down, just you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah. That's probably Estelle maybe outside of comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But outside of that, it was just full on straight stand up. No, nothing else. And if there was anything else other than that, it was just literally a grab the mic on a vibe thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So. So they, they started building that and then a lot of the people that used to come to courts would start going over there and, and vice versa. But for me, I always maintained that no one had what I had because it was a comedy show. It was a comedy club. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a talent show. <clears throat> and then um, and then they were doing their thing and then I think they started off with Jamie and then Miss London came through there as well. Big her up. She's doing really well. Yeah, now moment. known as London Hughes. Yeah, and, um, and then Mo. Yeah, Mo, yeah. Mo started hosting... Most started coming through as well. He started hosting there. Motor comedian. Yeah, motor comedian. And then, um, and yeah, and then it was kind of like, it was kind of like the thing of, I just didn't like, and it wasn't just them, there was a few others that were just like, we want to knock Kojo down. Mm. But, but the difference between me and all of them is, I love this. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, you can't, you can't ever match like with love. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. The execution ain't going to be the same. The energy ain't going to be the same. You know, there's people that I know I haven't been to a comedy show since Corks. Because when they do, it's like, it's not the same atmosphere, the energy. You remember walking in through there, you just feel like, what? You knew something was going to lift off. Remember, I'm bringing Chappelle, I'm bringing Chris Rock. Chris Rock, I know. This is different gravy. I know, yeah. So I was always never really intimidated by all of this stuff. The plan for Corks was always to encourage others to do more nights. Yeah. So if I fly someone in, they come, they go and do your show first, then they come to mine afterwards. Like, that's how it should have been. Instead of trying to tarnish what I was doing. And I remember, um, I was speaking to Marvin about it, actually. Marvin's the promoter of, was the promoter of Sunday Show. Sunday Show with Napa as well. Yes, with Napa. And, and uh, Na we, by the way, for because I, I like giving context. Yeah, yeah. Because um, young people, but Napa, 
Obviously, some of you lot would know who's on Pow, innit? Oh, Crackers Crackers Go. Go. Yeah, he was the promoter of something. Yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. doing really well now with Boohoo and all, all of that stuff. So shout out to them. But um, I remember chatting to Marvin and Marvin was like, bruv, <coughs> he's like, do you know how Sunday show got lit, bruv? He goes, every single girl you rejected, yeah, they came to our show. Oh, yeah. That was big yell at your team, by the way. Shit. He goes, every single girl that wanted to get with Kojo, that you, you part or you did it, whatever, they came to Sunday show. And then we started building. That way. And then the girls are going to be like, yeah, F Kojo, F him, yeah, this ain't funny. That's, and that's Marvin telling me that as grown men. Like, Marvin's yeah. like really, really cool guy now. We're really, really close, actually. And um, and just that era, though, it was just good that, good or bad or indifferent, we was all just trying to make money, yeah. push the comedians, push new talent. Yeah. And we both contributed to some amazing people that are performing now. Definitely. I love the rawness in that as well, even thinking about some of it. Because I know, like, through that, through you guys doing what you was doing and you had, like, um, from the comedy aspect, then you started seeing, like, some of those guys going and doing things like Jump Off. Shout out to Harry and Arrow and that. So you'd start seeing them there, which was, like, now, you know, it's, like, giving comedians opportunities to just do more stuff. Like, young comedians to be about and do more stuff and whatnot. At the time, I wouldn't have said I would have known that there was something happening. But all I know is, is that now we've got, at this point, we've got some young comedians that are just out here and some, some of we know are just funny. And you're seeing, like, someone like Mo, the comedian, just like yourself, actually, yeah? I used to think this all the time. Like, when I used to come to Corks and I used to think, rah, you have this every Sunday, yeah? You've, got, you've been here every Sunday and there are people that come regular on a Sunday. So you can't repeat stuff. You can't. You've got to come every day, every Sunday, and just be off the whim and just be funny. And immediately to me, because I'm a person who's like a lot on attention to detail, sometimes I watch movies and stuff and I can see that the, you know what I mean, the way the head's different from different angles and all of that. When I'm watching the comedians and stuff and seeing you lot do that, I'm I'm looking past the jokes at time and I'm, at times and I'm like, rah, Man's here every Sunday busting joke and it's lit. <laughs> That's hard. That's not easy. People don't understand that side of it really. Mo, it's the same with Mo. I'd go and see Mo and I'm like, right, Mo's here every Sunday cracking joke. Even if it's just to himself. Because you know like there's times where you're, in a, you're hosting an event. Some people are just talking, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah. you're just on the stage. Because yeah. at that time, even for him, he's not mo how he is now so it's not necessarily everyone standing to attention mm. sometimes people might just be talking or whatever yeah, yeah. you man are just there just cracking joke regard whatever the weather even if it means you've got to point somebody out and someone has to be the the, la yeah, yeah, the yeah, laugh yeah, now yeah, yeah, to get yeah, the yeah, sacrifice yeah. lamp <laughs> i like that I like yeah that. i think um for me i don't know what mo would say but for me it was good and bad with that so good was I genuinely freestyled, bro. And we filmed it. So I know that whatever I come up with, I trust myself in the corner, innit? Like, if, you're, if I'm a boxer and you got me in the corner, bro, I'm all right on the ropes. Mm. I trust myself. I, I believe I'm that witty and I'm that quick that I'll, I'll, no matter what deep water you put me in, I'm coming at backstroke. So I have that confidence now. because And the audience gave me that confidence. Like, there'll be times when there was no big names on that week. Do you know what I mean? But I'd hold up the whole night. Do you know what I mean? Because because 
it's, it was no different from radio. I feel like radio and hosting corks was similar. Like, you can't fake that. Mm-hmm. You can't lie about that. It's radio in the morning, but that's that's six a.m. Man's being funny. Mm-hmm. Like, God knows what I was doing four hours ago. Do you know what I mean? It was if I was coming from a club or whatever. But you can't fake that. That's for real now. Do you know what I mean? Like, nothing's planned and organised or whatever. Corks was always a freestyle thing to me. Now, the, the bad side of that is when I would go and do a booking, I'd find myself hosting my set. Oh. Rather than joke, 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 joke. I'd be like, hey, what's, what's going on? What are you doing? Where are you from? Wasting time because my rhythm was now loose. Mm. Whereas comedians that were just performing had solid more solid sets than me mm-hmm. not that they were funnier but they had more solid sets mm-hmm. and their rhythm was bang 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 whereas mine was like boom, boom, and boom, boom. so i re- so, so that's one of the reasons why i stopped doing corks as well okay because i wanted to just get back to just being a performer again and get my my um edge back of this is the job you're gonna do <coughs> first this is what's coming next yeah and then afterwards so hosting was great um it really gave you a big boost in confidence in being able to deliver in front of an audience. Remember, Corks where the lights are on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. People never, you never ever heard of that before. Where the lights are on. You can see everybody, bruv. Mm. And that, I think, was a significant thing because it also made people want to dress up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girls were coming in there like they were yeah, going yeah. to a rave. Trust me. Yeah, I know. It's mad, like. Because you could be seen. Yeah. You can get away with stuff in the dark, but you could be seen. So that also added the guys to be like, yeah, man, I have to... Where boom, 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 patting up the clothes and everything, and look, mm. look, try. it was a, it was like you go there and you impress in the audience, bro. Yeah, do you know what I mean. And the certain man that owe me, <laughs> the certain man that owe me I know. for coming to court, but I yeah, know. met their wife there. Come at on, a, at a you. Come on, these things here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like, <clears throat> obviously, bare things have happened in your in your life in terms of like at that point anyway, hmm. like doing shows and like the scene and stuff is kind of is is um the scene there's a scene now put it that way there's a scene now there's some things happening do you know what i mean like there's a couple of questions actually i wanted to ask you yeah just i would and these are things i would just ask you on a personal one but like it seemed for someone who'd been watching you yeah it seemed like you had got yourself to a point where in terms of like the comedy that we had and in in the uk you was like at the the top of that. Yeah. Everyone that knew comedy here was Kojo <coughs> and then there was everyone else doing their thing or whatnot, yeah. yeah. Did you feel that? Did you feel that at one point? And then also, when it was like that, looking back, yeah, did you have a point in your career where it was like, shit, okay, like, it's a bit stagnant now. Like, what am I going to do to do the next thing? Because see that like with Corks, as you said, yeah, you've had Corks going on for a long time or whatever. You've been doing that for time. You're doing shows and stuff like that. But I think as a creative, when you've been doing things for a long time, there does become a stage where it's like, okay, cool. People know me for this. But like, I feel like I need to do something else because like, I'm seeing more people over here and everyone, everyone seems to every year be progressing. Whereas I'm just kind of here, sort of, at, sort of at the top of a scene but I'm not, there's not a next thing though. It's, it's, you would more likely see progression from a Luau Deng than you would uh, LeBron James. Word. 
because the, 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 the LeBron James keeps winning. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? In every aspect of winning. Yeah, he's the star. So where's the where's the progression? Where's the progression for Ronaldo and Messi, really? Mm. They're going to have to fly. <laughs> they're going to have to fly, bro. Yeah, because they're light years ahead of everyone else. Yeah, but can you can you can you have that perspective when you're in it? Because I feel like it's hard. Like we could say this, but I know that that had happened to me. I definitely like I would not. Like, I could say this now, and I could articulate that now. But at the time, I definitely would have felt at one point like fuck, man. Like I I I knew I was ahead of everybody. Yeah. You have to remember. I was the only one going to New York. So I'm seeing 30 years ahead of where we are. Then I'm coming back. The Corks only began because I went to New York. Hmm. Everyone else knows how to put on a comedy show. I'm not the only one. Yeah. But how to put on a comedy show? Or how to put on one that people care about? Also, everyone that came to Corks weren't comedy goers. They were ravers. Yeah. They were ravers. You wouldn't see them at other comedy shows. They were people that I was raving with. I got them into comedy. I always knew that I was always ahead of when things were getting stale. When they got boring for me, that was probably a year before everyone else. So I'd, I'd, I'd always do different things. You know, I don't know if you remember, we used to do like blind date game shows. Yeah, of course. So, so you're talking about a black audience, like the like, roadman. I ain't doing this joke. So you can tell, I can tell a man from South to come and get involved in the blind date game show. Bro. But the first time I said that we can't do it this week, the whole room went. Oh. Yeah, yeah, pissed. From that, remember I was doing fancy dress parties. Oh my, shit, yeah. I, I used to do yeah, theme yeah, parties. Yeah, I remember that. So that I energy, never went to any of them though. So that that's that energy. Play was doing those as well. Yeah. yeah. That that energy from the corks transferred straight to the parties because everyone knew each other. Oh yeah, I see that girl there every week. Oh, I see the my man every week. So it wasn't like some randoms coming to chat to you. Hmm. The energy in them parties was mental, bro. Because it was like everyone kind of it was a community of people. So, getting back to your question, I knew I was ahead of everybody. I knew I was. So, I had to also, you know, people still talk about Corks in a positive light because it didn't get stale and then it died. It, it died on top. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, that's enough of this. What else am I going to do? And that's when radio came. Oh, yeah, because then obviously you went on, you was on, you was on Capital, was it Capital Choice? Extra? It was a choice. Choice before it was yeah. capital. Yeah, so so yeah, yeah, yeah. even before I knew choice was coming, yeah. I was just like, okay. You was doing the morning show. Breakfast show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, that's enough of this with Corks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're doing a big finale ending. Yeah. That's that. And now we're going to see. Because I felt, I also felt heartbroken by a lot of comedians. Because I felt like, even with the whole Sunday show thing and some other shows that was going on, I felt like, People should have been definitely been talking about me in a way more positive light than they were. Hmm. And then I was like, but I'm the one feeling you lot. And some people might be like, yeah, but if you didn't have all the comedians, then then the show wouldn't have been lit. But I was the house though. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I, I was the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can turn around and say a house is nice, but if no one's renting it, it's a waste of money. But the house is still lit though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it can stay there, but it'll still be a sick house. Yeah, of course. So... So for me, it was like, I thought, okay, everybody knows more than Kojo. Let's find out. That was my energy. Okay. That is, in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah. was that a good 
mentality yeah. to have. Yeah. Why? Because it also allowed me to find out if what I was saying was say. Okay. Because I'm not different from everyone else. If I don't have this every week, what am I going to do? You could have been fucked. Could have been, but I know, remember, I, call, I go back to, I know me, innit? I know what I'm capable of. And I know what's still yet to come. I don't know what's still to come for everyone else. Everyone else was riding off, Kojo's got this every week. So even if I need a little change, I can bear Kojo because I know I'm not onto this weekend, but can you give me a little spot? And I'd be like, cool, bam, hit, old, old, old 100 pound or whatever. Mm. So for me, it was like, let me find out what I, else I can do mm. outside of this. And we're all going to find out. Yeah. So I, I stopped that. And then what, two months later, I got approached to, to, to come on Choice FM. Now I had an opportunity before to go to Kiss FM. Yeah. But what I found at Kiss was, <coughs> because I was a comedian, they were trying to put comedy on the show. Okay. As in like, oh yeah, Kojo's comedy hour or Kojo's yeah. comedy bang. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> the moment you put comedy on it, bruv, now nah, the pressure's there, isn't it? Yeah. Right, let me see if this is funny then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like every other show on radio, just turn the mic on, innit? Yeah. Don't put that pressure on me. Hmm. To be like, Kojo's comedy thing and for naturally people to go, this ain't funny. But if there's no comedy on it, I can be funny because people come with open ears. So, Choice gave me the opportunity to be Kojo, be myself, be uh, creative, come up with ideas. You know, around that time, Breakfast Club was brewing. Mm. It was brewing, brewing, brewing. And I remember... Um, he was doing that with Max. You, do you even want to get into that? Fam, I'm, do you know what? If we get as into soon, that, as it soon, be fam, as soon as you reminded me that you was doing the breakfast show, I was like, oh shit, you was doing the breakfast show with Max. What? What happened to Max? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she at? I don't know. Online. That was it. Max online, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's, that's where she. That's where she. By the way, our poets. I think, got, I think she's DJing. Or something. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Poets got a good story. I know, I know that story. I think he said it a couple oh, of times. I know what story you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the story yeah, as well. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I do, yeah. It was, um, I think he's told <laughs> I don't it. I know who you're on about now. Yeah. yeah. I, think he, I think he's told it, but it was about like, he was in the Dappy video or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, he was like joking around or whatever. And then she just did a, a whole heap of switching. Maybe we can see if we can find this clip and uh, get it. But yeah, go on anyway. Um, so I'm just paying my parking ticket. I don't want to. Bro, I've had situations with fines back in the day. I'm a big man now. I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, you was doing it with Max. Whatever happened, like what happened? <coughs> so I get I get Choice FM and I want to co-host, right? I want to co-host. I love Choice FM because I grew up listening to Choice. Yes. Jeff Schumann was my favorite radio presenter Yeah. growing up. Um, I had times, spells with Kiss FM, Street Boy and all that. Then the Chris Tarrant on Capital. But my choice, when I, when I found Choice, like, I remember going to school, busing up. Choice was our, for context, yeah, Choice was like our legal radio station. It was like <coughs> our first one. Yeah. It was yeah. our first legal radio Some people radio thought it was Pirate, but it never yeah, was. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it started Pirate, but it was No, not, no, 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 no. There was always... Always. Obviously, I didn't even know that. Always legal. Maybe it was just because it was in Brixton black. at one point. No, because maybe the sound... Remember, because <laughs> it had two dials, and it was yeah. also like they couldn't hear it sometimes. Yeah, it yeah, like yeah. a little Pirate Gardens. Yeah. But, but it was the first black legal radio station in, in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. And and the history of that meant so much to me. 
the history, the Lady G's, the yeah. Daddy Ernie's. Jenny Francis. Jenny Francis. Whoa. The Jigs. Yeah, you know what of I course, mean? Like, Jigs. Like Master you, Steps Master was on Steps, there. Master Steps, Angela Mar. Yeah, Commander B. Commander B. Commander B, CK yeah. Flash. All of that. CK Flash, Commander B. These guys as well, yeah. Commander B, was. I'm sure he was the first guy to play Grime Probably. on on Choice. On Choice. And, 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 even on legal radio. And even big up a Brandy. A Before bra- Afro Beats was any sort of sound, yeah. him and 90% uh, Shugs, yeah. Radical D, like 2 a.m. in the morning. Bruv, one day as well, we need to have a conversation about what a Brandy did for Afro Beats. Absolutely. I feel like... But you should get that him in. That should never be... Yeah, true. You should get yeah, him in. You yeah. should get him in. Like, definitely get him in, man. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, what, 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 what that guy's been has been phenomenal. But anyway, yeah. but like, Choice, that was the <coughs> thing. So I was so excited. Now, yeah. I'm taking over from Martin J. Martin J was also with Jeff at the time. Mm. <coughs> and he was doing, you know, he had Lucy Ambash, and done him stick with Asha. And I'm thinking, like, this is a big thing. And so I remember calling Blackwood. So I'm like, why, why do you, you and Kat? Because Richard and Kat had the hot show on Choice. I remember that. Numbers-wise as well. Why do you not, man, just take, take the breakfast show? And I remember Black was like, bruv, it's too much, bruv. It's too much responsibility. And you got the traffic and travel and all of that. And they just went on it. And then I was just like, okay. But if I'm going on radio, bruv, like, like, I want to, I want to, um, I want to, um, I want to make sure that it's, it's my first real opportunity for myself. Like, this is kind of first time I'm breaking away from Reg. Yeah? Of, like, kind of being under Reg and stepping into my own. Because not Reg do Radio 1 mm-hmm. and all of that. Like, here's me on my favourite radio station getting to do what Jeff Schumann done. You know what I mean? So, I was like, I want a co-host. And then um, I remember, this is what happened. I remember, so, okay, so what people don't know is when One Extra started... Me and Max was paired together. Yeah. Max, I'd done, we'd done a pilot show at One Extra where I was going to contribute on her show. Then I find out two weeks after that she doesn't want to do One Extra no more because she wanted to produce her own show. Yeah. But at the BBC, everyone's got a producer. Yeah. So she walked away from that role. In comes Reggie and Dev. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm paired with them two. Mm. So then that's how our friendship bonded. So I knew who Max was, but I didn't see her again. Yeah. Then fast forward, she comes back. Maybe two, I think she went to do MTV with Dave Berry at the time. Okay. Yeah. So she was doing her TV thing. And then, yeah. so I saw her and I was like, oh, Max is doing television. That's sick. Yeah. So then. Because um, she was like kind of TRL-ish. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, like, that's what she done. TRL. Yeah, TRL she yeah, done. Yeah. Dave Berry. So then I. Um, then I went to... TRL, you know, mad. I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. big. So then that happened. And then, then I remember Max got him actually going to one extra officially now. She had like an afternoon show or whatever. <clears throat> and I remember Russell Simmons, who was doing Def Comedy Jam uh, UK tour. Yeah, so Russell Simmons, I'm, I'm doing the rounds with NPR, whatever. And uh, we went to her show. And then I remember seeing her there again. And it was cool. And it was like, nice. And, and one thing I love about Max is... I still haven't met a female in this game. Like, I don't care what anyone tells me. I still ain't met a female in this game that works harder than her. Mm. In terms of getting contacts, in terms of grind, in terms of the work rate. Yeah, she was of, definitely... Like, she was, she yeah. was 28-7 yeah, yeah. on this entertainment thing. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, if I can get the hardest working female to me in this business, yeah, 
to cover all the entertainment stuff and do all of the boom, 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 boom. The shit that I don't give a damn about. Like, I really don't care what Drake is wearing in Bulgaria, bruv. Like, I don't no. care. Yeah. I don't care what Rihanna's, who Rihanna's <laughs> dating. Have yeah. no business about none of that stuff. Yeah. Um. Like, then, then this match made it happen because all I get to do, all I get to do is get up in the morning and just bust jokes. Yeah. Spin off whatever she's talking about in terms of the news and find the funny. Yeah. Do do bring myself to the to the radio show and just give an audience who I know know me um 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 a bit more of of, of who Kojo is. That should have been. I think if we lasted longer than we did, I don't believe there's a breakfast show in the country that could have could have messed with us. Facts. Because yeah. when we got together, I I had friends at every other radio station. There was movement going on. Mm. There was movement going on. Like you saw Twin all of a sudden get Yasmin, mm. Ricky and Melvin had Charlie. Like there was movement going on. Like you know, everyone's like, "Raw." Like we, we, you know, I remember Ricky Melvin called him. He's like, "Raw." Like our boss came in and goes, "Raw." Kojo is over there, red, red. Like they certified tell me that. Mm. So I knew that <coughs> this should have been the perfect pairing in radio, and then it just went left, brother. <laughs> like. And I'm talking about, if I can full on say, I went through depression, yeah? When I was that first year of radio, I went through depression, bro. And it's not that depression where people have to tell you, are you going through something? Like I knew what I was going through. Like I was getting up at 4 a.m., bro, and remaining silent while we were briefing the show, yeah? Because Max would come in and just take over everything. Cause this is what I've done. I've organized this and I've organized that and blah 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 blah. blah. And somehow I had to find mm. my way through a this. crumb. Yeah, and I'm like, what's going on here? Because remember, Max called me and she was like, Coach, and this is when she had just got sacked from one extra. But I didn't know this. I didn't know none of that. She just called me and she goes, Yeah, what's going on? That choice because I've I've had a few meetings and boom 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 boom. And I'm like, listen. If you're on it, come through. Like, let's do a show together. Because my last recollection, le recollection of her was sick. Mm. Like, you, you know, you're, I know you get busy. You're a nice person. Boom, 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 boom. From what I know, like, and you're not, you're female. You're not gonna be in my way. I'm not gonna be in mm. your way. Like, what's the problem? And um, yeah, I was like, come through, come through, and um, and let's do this thing together. And with me, I know Max. Her whole passion has been radio. My name. That's not my passion. So I don't need to do what you're doing, but don't, don't like phase me out. Don't bring me here and phase me out. Yeah, like yeah, like don't 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 do that. And it became a thing where at four a.m. in the morning, I'm not looking forward to going to work. I'm just sitting there, my producer Tyler, forcing me to coach. What do you think? Do you know what I mean? Knowing mm. what was going on, mm. but there was just she was, but she was just relentless. And then um, every day I'm coming in and you're telling me some rumour about someone in the industry. Okay. And these are friends of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you claim that you, they're your friends. And you're just, telling, you're, you're just telling me something every single day about everyone in the game. And I'm talking about everyone, bruv. I'm talking about everyone in this game. you got a rumour. you got a gossip. you got all of this stuff. And remember, bruv. I don't care. Mm. But there was few people that I thought like, oh, that, that's my, that's my, that's my brethren. Like, yeah, that's you know close. I mean? like, yeah, like, that's and she close. was like, well, it is what it is. You ain't got to like it. Boom, boom. And that's how she was. And she was so, she's so comfortable telling this information that I, I genuinely don't believe she really felt like she was doing something bad. Yeah. Because she, it was, it was too, it was too bold. And I don't believe there's a person 
in the game that, that shit come to me about. With some gossip and news yeah. and all the other It's quite like sort of Wendy William-ish. But in a sense that like, I feel maybe the difference is, is that Wendy Williams probably at times knew like someone's going to get upset. I don't give a fuck. But I don't know if Max <coughs> felt like that. But I think she was so dedicated to delivering. Being first with yes, the news. That she would have been Throwing prepared. everyone under the bus. Yeah. And not felt like she was throwing some. It wouldn't have been like, oh, you know what? There's a guilt because I'm throwing someone under the bus. It was like, yeah, I got the news. Yeah. So we got to give the news because that's what I do. Bruv, there was two people that I was really mad at. And there are two people that I, I respect their work. And I respect who they are. Yeah. And that was Wretch and, and Chip, bruv. Because them two specifically, bruv, I felt like they were gassing her too much. Oh, Chip, like, it yeah. seemed like... It seemed they were like, gassing her too much, yeah? yeah. And, 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 bruv, like, I'm sitting there it like... It seemed like her and Chip was super duper Bro, close, I'm sitting but, there like, fam, stop that now. Because mm. you don't know what you're saying, bro. And I'm seeing the full picture, and you lot coming in, defending this girl when someone attacks her online and all the other stuff. And I'm like, you lot need to allow it. Because I, I think I spoke to Rich. I didn't speak to Chip back. I spoke to Rich back. I said, bruv, why you not keep feeding this this girl and giving her the code sign all the time? Because them two were fire at that mm. time. They were they were killing the game. Mm. And you not just giving this girl clout, bro, like. And I don't know why. Because I know a lot about you that you lot ain't told me about. <laughs> and it ain't in your music. That ain't in your music. Yeah. So there's only one person telling me this. Yeah. But you know, I hate defending this girl like crazy. And I'm just like, what are you not doing? I remember um, Kerry Hilson came in, right? Kerry Hilson and Max was like, yeah, it's my friend and we've been tight and do, 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 do. Mm. And Kerry Hilson looked banging, just, yeah, I remember Chris, her coming Chris. in with her team and just the, oh, the aura God. of this woman was so, so amazing. Kerry Hilson is an absolute stupendous confectionery. <laughs> I'm telling you, absolutely wonderful. Mental. She Sensational. Was, bro, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then the moment she left the room, I think she's lesbian, you know? And I'm like, like, how do you come from the interview that we just had to <laughs> telling me something? And you know I don't know her. You know I don't know her like that. Yeah. So why would you feel the need to go there? And this was with everyone. This was with everybody, bro. And I just got to a place where the first year, the first year I was like, you know what I've done? I'm, I've never been someone who complains much mm. about the scene or what I've got and what I don't have or whatever. I've never really been one to moan. I'm not someone that gets a job, don't like the job and stays there moaning. Mm. I cut out. So I remember going to the owner's office, not not my manager, the owner. Yeah, and I said, look, my contract's up. I'm about to roll out. Because I can't wake up every day in the state that I'm in. My audience are texting in every day and saying, let Kojo speak, let Kojo speak, let Kojo mm. speak. I've had lies and lies and lies said to me during the time that I'm here. Just don't need it. Yeah. Don't need it. And comedy was going good for me, so I, I just don't need all of this. And Richard Parks was like, why would you leave when it's your show? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, And he goes, it's your show. She's here to work on your show. So if you don't want her here, she, she goes. And I said, I'm not here to sack anybody. I'm telling you what I ain't doing. <laughs> Because, you know what I feel? You know, no. hey, that's the... <laughs> and this man just, he's Simon Cowell, bruv. Like, they, they're just direct, <laughs> isn't it? 
He's just direct. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I said, listen, I'm not here to sack anybody. That's not my role here. Well, my role here is to tell you what I'm not doing anymore. Yeah. And if you don't want me to stay, yeah. I can't stay under these circumstances. Yeah. And he goes, okay. It was a, it was a five minute meeting, bro. He's like, okay, no problem. She's gone. <laughs> and, and what was mad was she was on <laughs> holiday at the time as well. Okay. So she was on holiday. So when, so then they told her when she got back, and then um and then I went away, come back, and then and then I started again. So I did about three weeks by myself, and I was like, look, I still want someone, but I want to go and find That's my own person. Yeah, yeah. You brought Jade. Then I brought then I brought Jade on. Yeah, shout out to Jade. Jade um used to I met Jade when I was doing the jump off the base. I don't know how they came to meet her. Remember she done, she, she was, done um. Remember she done the competition? Remember they were looking for a new presenter? Oh, You shit. judged it. Oh, uh, yeah, I did, it. didn't I? Yeah, shit. I forgot. That's still on YouTube, homie. Is it? Yeah, I remember oh, you judging shit. it. That's where uh, I saw her first. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's where Shout I saw her I first. saw her recently, actually. Shout out to Jade. <coughs> but yeah. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I so moved on to Jade. And then I remember I spoke to you at the time. Yeah. Remember we brought you in? Yeah. Because I wanted that whole kind of breathless club energy when we got a DJ as part of the thing. Do you know what the magic thing is? You know what I found the other day? I think I'm like, the audition thing. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. You and Shaney. Yeah. Go on, chat. I'm going to see. And and, and to be fair, that is what, like, I'm about, Chucks. Like, like, you speak about corks and all the other stuff. It's like, when I've been blessed, my natural thing is, how can I bless others? Yeah. That's my natural thing. Yeah. Yeah. How can I share this blessing? Yeah. it's, it's, It's your thing, as I have to say, has always been quite selfless in um to a to to a big degree because you've always when you've done something you've always brought you've always tried to bring someone in somehow you tried to bring me in i've seen you i've witnessed you try to bring people in i've i mean corks is a great example of that to be fair we didn't have a scene Mm. we didn't have one so you had something and was like cool this is what i do but you know what this is what they do yeah even like when it when it went to MTV, when we done MTV based the funhouse. Oh yeah. They didn't want that. They wanted me to do another Fresh Prince of Hackney. Oh, for real. But I'm like, but I'm like, I, I, I've come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I've come from somewhere. There's other people like me, like Babatunde and and Kane Brown and and Special P and them, you know, all these people. Like, there's other people, Slim, who probably had his best ever set yeah. on on that show. Yeah, remember Slim is sort of Real McCoy era, A Force days, mm. but now he's tapping into a younger audience. Mm. On 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 television, the MTV was pop. That bass was popping back in the day, mm-hmm. so everyone watched that, you know. And I wanted to share that space. Blackwood kind of left comedy. He came back as well. You know what I mean? Like came back through Corks, because he was off the scene. Then he kind of came back. So I've always I've always had a blessing and shared it. I've always shared it, and because um, I feel like that is how we really get respect for our scene. Mm. I can't go and challenge a Michael McIntyre and a Jimmy Carr by myself. Mm. But I can if we've got Arsenal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And if we do it together, that was always that was always my vision. So mm. with radio, yeah, if you know Jade had the least experience from everybody that I ended up choosing mm. because they only they would only, only let me have one person in the end. Yeah. And mm. but I chose her because our we just got on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bad experience. From what I was coming from... She had, she, Jade's always had a sick vibe, though. Yes. Yes. Until that went left. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like... Relationships get like that sometimes, to be fair. I think they do. But I think, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a something that I write in my book as well. Is that what she done to me 
is what I did to Reggie. Yeah? So when Reggie put me in his show on television, I had people in my ear like, bruv, man, you should be doing more, bruv. Oh, yeah. Why has he got you in this little section, mm. just this little bit here where you're, you're just like some clown, bruv. Like, you should be doing more, bruv. And me killing it on the comedy scene, I'm thinking, yeah, man, it's true, you know. And I'm in the meetings, I'm like, can I do this and can I do that? And they're like, no, we just need you to do that, blah, 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 blah. <coughs> Not understanding that this is Reggie's opportunity. Yes, of this course. It's ain't mine. Yeah. This ain't ours. Yeah. This ain't even ours. This is Reggie's opportunity. And he's brought you in to facilitate what he needs. Not, it's not about you right now. You're still on the circuit, bruv. Don't get it twisted in it. Like, you're here, get a nice little check for doing nothing really. Hold that. But then you got people in your ear like... Do you know what I mean? And then, for me, I started to disrespect the opportunity that was given to me and i'll say it as bluntly as that and start to think about what i should have been doing even to a point where i was like you know i don't want to do the show no more which would have ruined everything for the show because it's like and then they'd be like well, where's kojo with no explanation do you know what i mean and that is one of my biggest regrets in terms of that you know my relationship with reggie and and that that happening um but then I also got a taste of my own medicine when Jay did that. Mm. Because it, it was it was Kojo breakfast. And then <clears throat> what she didn't realise at the time was I hired her, not choice. Mm. They didn't care about that. I found the budget to make sure that she got money to be on the breakfast show. You're not coming on no Saturday morning thing or no show that no one will listen to. This is the main show, bro. Like Still the default channel in everyone's whip. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got one extra, but then DAV weren't smooth like that. No. So it's still like, I love one extra, but choice is there, innit? So mm. I'm going to listen to that kind of thing. And then obviously Ricky and Melvin are starting to bring more <coughs> colourful <kiss>. music <coughs> to, 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 to kiss. kiss. To see yeah. what I'm trying to say. And they were killing it at the time. Yeah. Shout out to them as well. And, um, but then, but then it was like, okay, I want, I want, my, I want, oh, she wanted her name on the, the main title. But instead of coming to me, she went to everyone else. Mm. and asked if, if that could happen and I, I was quite upset about that because I was like why couldn't you just come to me about it I don't care if it's called Jaden Koja it's not gonna stop who I am or do you know what I mean because I'm always naturally a giver anyway I don't care but I just felt like well, you could have come to me but for whatever reason something made you feel like you couldn't mm. and then it was like oh I want to do more on the show and everything that I was doing with Reg is what she was doing and I was yeah. just like listen and I said to her from day one I'm the kind of person that I wake up one day and go, this is enough for me. And I, and I move on to the next thing. Now, I remember, I'll tell you this, I remember when I found out how ruthless radio was. Radio was so ruthless that I remember Johnny Vaughan, yeah, was on Capital Breakfast, innit? Killing it, him and uh, Lisa Snowden. And I remember they just sacked him on a Tuesday, blood. That means they let man sleep on the weekend, chill out. Make they even gave him a Monday. <laughs> they gave him a Monday. <laughs> Fam. They gave him a month. They made my coming on a Monday. Yeah. And then they was like, yeah, that's, 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 that's your last show. And that's how it is on radio. That's your last show. You don't get to say bye. Unless you say you're leaving. You don't get to say bye radio. That's your last show. They walk you right out of the yeah. building, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you go to your locker and your locker's got next man's name on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that. I've so heard about like, a man that's got sacked from a radio and that and then they've just like on a thing of, 
yeah, now we'll send you the st- like the stuff that's yeah. on your desk and that we'll send that to you. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I mean, that happened around the choice of them kind of big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing yeah, you, that, yeah. That happened. It's time to go. Um, whatever's in the locker and that, don't worry, we got the key. <laughs> we can get in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you got. Yeah. Don't we worry. Got, we got your house keys as well. Yeah, we, we got, got yours too. Yeah, we got you. We got your address. Everything like that. You just the doors there. Yeah, we'll drop walk them with on. my man. <laughs> walk with him. That, that was his name as well. My man. <laughs> so, so that that's what happened. And then um, I said to her, "Look, come here, cement yourself, be humble. What you're doing is I've I've so I fast forward you so fast, like." Always remember, you still got to earn this. There's other people like Ramel London that I know felt away because yeah. Ramel was um, really like our assistant, broke um, broadcast assistant at the time. Mm. So now then Ramel could jump on the mic here and there, and I felt like she felt that she should have got that role. The opportunity, yeah. And we never sat down and spoke, and I know one day me and her will. Yeah. But the reason why I didn't give it to her because she was already, and and I'm so glad it came. I, I always knew it was gonna happen for her. Mm-hmm. But I was never worried about her hmm. because I knew that all you got to do is do what I did and just keep doing your thing. And be committed. Be hmm. committed. And she was. And that's why she, I love her. And that's why every time I can get, I get to listen, I listen to her show because she's earned it. Hmm. Whereas Jade, coming from Gloucester, you've had an experience at Jump Off. You're still <coughs> not really <coughs> too intertwined with how London moves. Yeah. So I know I can big bro you and put my arm around you. And me and you have natural banter. And even then, even now, I'll never take that away. Like, me and Jay genuinely got on every time the mics went up. Yeah. Every time. You see what I'm trying to say? But as as relationships work out sometimes, they fade. And it got really bad when I decided that I wanted to leave. Because all that time when I saw Johnny Vaughan get attacked, I, I came up with my back in plan. But man yeah, was writing so, movies, bro. Yeah, I hear that. So that's when I, all that time, that's when I wrote The Weekend. Okay. When I was on radio, wrote all these like Wasteman Diaries and all these short films that I had and all these other films. And I just went on this spree of writing so much mm. projects, bruv, that I was just like, okay, I'm set. So that's when I left radio. I left Choice or Capital Extra. I wanted to see the first year of Capital Extra through because I was like, okay, let me see what this, this change is all about. Yeah. Because I was getting moved to. I yeah. was getting moved to online when Choice film finished. Oh, yeah, of course. Why are you saying that? You know what they're trying to do. And rah, 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 rah. People hated the name Capital Extra as well because it yeah. was like, yeah. Um, obviously, one extra yeah. and all that. It, it, was, it was mad, but <clears throat> I got it from a business perspective. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, who wants to stay in secondary? You can't stay in secondary school for the rest no, of your life. You've no, got to move on. Of course. And some people are f- afraid of change and uncomfortable with it, but we all, uncomfortability is the first sign of progress. That, to me, gave a window for someone else to create something new, which didn't happen. Yeah, it's, it's how people look at things you know someone else could have created the new choice for these young kids we had a lot of junior jams and yeah, all of that bruv yeah. but this generation don't know about that who's going to give them the junior jams and all of that yeah, now Capital Extra is what it should have been immediately from choice Yeah, but it went all dancey and all this other stuff and everyone in the everyone in the buildings complained about the music yeah, they, followed the, they followed that like trend that was the disclosure the, yeah. um, the Gorgon City and then they was even going like real flipping um, techno, bro, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, was David Greta and that. They yeah. was doing that, like, yeah, and they, yeah, they was flinging that in, and then flinging in maybe a, a one wretch here, and it was weird, bro. But it was, no, it was it, bro. It was like I it know was, people like, heard one song and they turned over. Heard yeah. one song, turned over. Bro, then, even listening to the fucking <coughs> where we did the pilot and that, yeah, mm. I can't find it. The I music, I, I got it, it, I got it, I got it, bro. It's nuts. 
But I've, do you know what? The only week I was looking for memory in my laptop in it, so yeah, I had yeah. to delete some thing or whatever. But I can't find it. I'll but, send it to you. But um, but yeah, bro. Like <clears throat> again, like so much things, so much stories, and like so much experiences and all of that. Yeah, but still, within all of that, you still managed to like be Kojo, the comedian that everyone knows. Yeah, I feel. I feel like the. The landscape of things was changing a lot with Instagram and that, yeah. and like having Instagram um, comedians Comedian. and stuff like that. Yeah, and some people getting massive followers mm-hmm. off just being funny on Instagram. Yeah. Like, what was your take on that? At first, I was like, like, what the hell's going on? Like, because remember, I've been a don on High Five. On MySpace, on Facebook, like on, even on Twitter, bro, my numbers were lit. Mm. And I'm on Instagram now, and my numbers are young, bro. Yeah, light. They're Early. light. Diet. Puppy. They're diet. Yeah, bro. puppy. Yeah, they're diet coke, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not official <laughs> no I more, bro. Yeah. And I was just seeing people that come out of nowhere just popping off. And that, Honestly, made me go, shit, so is this what I gotta do now? Is this what I gotta do now? I gotta go and get a camera. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go and upgrade the iPhone now, and I gotta be like, man, I got man, man, man I have to do sketches or man, I have to do these vines and all of that. And then I just got to a place where I was just like, no, I'm gonna sit this one out. Hmm. I'm gonna sit this one out purposely. Because what I didn't want to do is disrespect what it took to do those videos mm. and coming up with those concepts and ideas and all of that. Like, I didn't want to disrespect that. I remember <coughs> when we came into the comedy scene, the room quite a lot was moaning about how we was doing comedy and all the other stuff and this new surges of myself and young, you know, other young comics. And it was like, we didn't like how that felt. We were just doing it our way. And who am I to tell these guys who are gonna find funny on Instagram <clears throat> that that ain't comedy. It is comedy, but we just didn't know what to call it at the time. Just what I'm trying to say. And I always, uh, I always look at people like Pharrell, when Crunk was big and all of that, and all this music was going south in Atlanta and all this stuff's going on. Pharrell, no one heard about Pharrell. No, Pharrell went missing, but he sat it out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in this business, you gotta just be able to sit it out. Sometimes and say, okay, this is not my phase. Mm-hmm. Because you might go out with it. Yeah, or, or it's not your angle. Yeah. But but for me, doing funny videos and that... Remember I said to you, from when I was in school, I wasn't silly. I wasn't silly. Hmm. You know, what Mo does with the characters, yeah? With the hair and all the other stuff. Hmm. That's, 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 that's clever comedy, but it's also a, a room of silliness. Hmm. He's being silly. Like, I, I found it very hard to do that. And and to convince myself, don't get twisted. I sat in a room with a wig in my hand, like, fam, my mother, am I, am I, am I, to jump on this wave, guys? Like, I remember I bought, I bought buck teeth and a wig, fam, and I didn't, even, I didn't even know what I was gonna do. Fam. I was just like, right, this way, man's that. And then I looked at people like Chris Rock and Chappelle, right, and I was like, what are they doing in this period? Like, they're not doing none of that. And it's not because they're big or whatever; they just don't want to do that. Kevin was doing it. Mm. 
Kevin Hart had chocolate drop and mm. all these other characters. Yeah, it's true. And 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 he really full fully went in on the yeah. social media thing. I guess it's right actually. Just sorry to interrupt you. It does like speak to like just the elements of like the different types of comedy in it. Like there's just the there's one side of it, and then there's also like just the casual silly side. And that's not necessarily everyone's thing. Tea, it's not yeah. yeah it's yeah. not necessarily your person person your persona. Like I couldn't imagine Dave Chappelle being silly, but. I've watched Kevin Hart and he's like, sometimes he's just yeah. being silly. Like yeah. when he's in the gym, he's just, you know, dancing around exactly. and being silly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, thought, and I also, and I didn't know how to articulate at the time, but Hit Boy done an um, uh, interview on Breakfast Club and he said, he goes, man, I, he goes, I've had beats for days, bro. But you know what? People just didn't want it from me. Mm. And that spoke to me because I felt like I got sick ideas. I got all this other stuff. But now, People just, I don't think, I don't think people would have wanted that from me because they've probably seen too much of me in another, in another realm. Whereas Mo, for example, <coughs> yeah, Mo John Chandler show, but when did you really see Mo on black comedy shows? I didn't really. Never. I saw, I saw him, I think I see him do Jump Off. Yeah, but I'm talking about like black comedy oh, shows. comedy like shows, no, like I never really saw and, no. for, I, and to be fair, I don't even know why because Mo's always been funny. Yeah. But I, I don't know why. Yeah, I've always seen him, but I've just never seen him doing those. So you're right. Never, like, never. Yeah. You'd, you'd hardly see Mo getting booked for those things. And I just felt like, so Mo really, really to a black crowd hasn't really been overexposed. No. So he can genuinely kind of come in. There's people that know him, but he still can kind of come in yeah. and just be like, right, who's this guy? Yeah. Whereas me, bro, I've been around for a minute because like, yeah. I can't now go start doing all this madness. That's how I looked at it. So I just chose to sit it out you had your white yardies coming through and uh, who else? I mean, there's other comedians who, you know, would diss white yardie and say like, oh yeah, he's an Instagram comedian, but he can't do stand-up. And then now they're on tour with him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because it's like, that's what he found as his entry point into comedy. And he took it and ran with it and big up to him. Do you get me? Because it's like, who am I? To, who am I? I never told people that if they were funny or not at Corks. Mm. Someone would ask me to perform. I'd say, go on then. I was never anybody's judge. That's not my place. The audience will always tell you what they're on. Yeah. And if the audience are liking what White Yard is doing and what Mo's doing and Dapper's doing online, then good for them. And 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 they found something that they can ride off and feed their families and all that. And I love all of that. This is what I'm trying to say, but that's not me. So I've now got to sit this one out. And what I was doing in that time <coughs> was realistically hiding yeah well see that's in, the in, thing in, in plain sight okay okay so Just, what i'm saying you want to elaborate yes because hiding in plain god explain hiding in plain sight is kojo's still here yes but he ain't here. yes so i'm i'm hiding like you hear kojo's putting on a theater production yeah yeah kojo's doing a play and kojo's directing this short film and kojo's Doing films now. So why does it feel like, you know, you're, do, you're doing all them things, for people that knew you maybe, we know that you're doing these things, but it seems a bit cold. Because the heat is Instagram. Outside of that, <coughs> I'm still Kojo. People know it's still 30, but it's like, my, my, my thing went down when I didn't jump on the wave. I didn't yeah. jump on the wave. And I and I had to, it was tough, but I had to accept that it's gonna be 
the temperature is going to be cold for a little bit. Well, let me ask you this as well then. How do you, like, how does it feel when you are the guy, people know you as this, your peers know you as somebody who was the guy, you know, you're working on bits and pieces or whatever. Honestly, finances ain't how it used to be. Yeah. So it's kind of low. Yeah, yeah, after radio, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's low. That you're seeing people out there busting through, cutting, cutting through and doing their thing or whatever now, yeah. There's an avenue there, of course, but like, like, what happens then? Because I know, like, I, I heard you mention something super interesting, yeah, where you said that, like, when you, like, before Britain's Got Talent, you went there and funds was super duper low. Mm-hmm. Like, <coughs> explain to me your thought process, yeah, in, like, how you felt then and then obviously, like, going to the show and just, like... Because that has to be... Even though it's a massive show and obviously it came off, like, very well for you and stuff like that, yeah? You, there has to be a part of your ego that is, like... Yeah, peas is low and all of that, but I'm Kojo. Like, people are going to see me a certain way if they see me on TV. It worked out well because, for me personally, when I saw... I was in Liverpool, which is your one of your, your, where your team comes from, whatever I play there. So I'm getting ready. I turn on the TV and I have the reaction that you probably thought a lot of us may not necessarily have because we may not get it. But I, I was so fucking happy. I couldn't believe, see, I'm seeing someone, <laughs> bro, like seriously, for me and for a lot of us here, yeah, it was such a massive thing. But for you, you had must have had the world on your shoulders before even going on there, right? Before I get on the Britain's Got Talent, I want to tell you about the period before it. Okay. Because I think, I think when people watch this back, I want them to really like <coughs> digest where I was. Yeah. So having made the decision to sit this period out, which everyone else was really killing. Not everyone else, but like a the, lot. The young the, yeah, yeah, the young people that like, they they're killing it, yeah. Um for me, where I felt like I had done so much for others, yeah. It's like, okay. Cause how it works in America is say if Chris Rock ever was going through a bad one financially or whatever. There's no way in hell Kevin Hart's not saying let's do a movie together. Mm. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not happening. Like he's gonna reach out because <coughs> that's the OG. That's the OG. If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Yeah, that's how America is with each other in terms of comedy. You know, my mindset's like this because I understand that when you're hot, you can't just jump on a comedy show and not not worry about getting paid. Just come and bless it. Mm. This is this is a sport that I love. So I've, I've done that for long, loads of times. When I was on radio, making a whole bunch of money, I'd t- pop out comedy shows that I went on just to come bless mm. it. All right. What, you going to jump on? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what, that's what the greats do. Their money isn't in the 500 people there. Mm. It's working out and staying, you know, staying sharp. And, mm. you know, iron sharpening iron. So that's my mindset. So I kind of felt like, <clears throat> instead of people going, well, oh, like, let's get Kojo on some of these sketches. Or let's get Kojo to come and help us write some of this stuff. No one was reaching out to me. Nobody. And for me, that was heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. It was heartbreaking because I was like, when I was hot, 
I made sure everyone else was warm. That's where my heart was. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, I made sure everyone else was warm. There's people that wouldn't have got into comedy if it wasn't for me. Never judged anyone, never told anyone, like, oh, let me see you, you perform before. I, I, I would have had all right to say that. But I've never wanted to be anyone's judge. I just, like, I was like, let, let, like, let, let's just do this together. Even though the people had no experience, you know? And so when, so when I kind of, my, my kind of flame was kind of like dying down a bit <coughs> and so many people pop in on all the other stuff, I just felt like no one reached out to me like, oh, coach, you want to get involved? Nobody. And that was hard to take, if I'm really honest. I felt genuinely, I can't say any other word than heartbroken because I felt like I'd done so much for the scene. Have I always been perfect? No. Have I maybe rubbed some people along the way? Maybe. Never intentionally, because that's not in my spirit. But you can't always know how people react to whatever you do. So I, I, I claim that. You see what I'm trying to say? So, so that, 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 was that, that, that was that period. And then, um, and then I, 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 I was doing a movie. So I was in LA. And then um, <clears throat> me and this guy, who I, I, I won't mention because... I don't want to even promote this. And those who listen in that know will know. <clears throat> but I done a movie with somebody that just took everything. So I got a movie on Netflix and that I wrote, that I created the whole world of this movie. Every character I created and I never made a penny from it. Wow. And this is when I'm at my most desperate because I can work with nothing, bro. Like I can do that. I know how to make five pounds last a week. Mm. I know how to do that. Mm. But this is the moment when something that I've created that's made everyone else shine, I never got nothing back from it. Now, I say that before hindsight. Yeah, because sometimes you do something and then you want that, that you want what you're doing to bless you back straight away. Mm. Like I said to um, Quincy, my manager, I'm only getting the fruits of corks now. I understand it. I understand it. Like, like I'm only getting the fruits of corks now. I get today. I, I know exact. I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Because a lot of the times we, we feel like the people that, and I, you know, I'm human like everyone else. The people that I've blessed, I wanted the, I want them to bless me back. But God don't work like that, bro. Yeah, there's a person walking around that doesn't even know you that's carrying your blessing, and that's how people have to see blessings. We often go, yeah, but I've done this for my man. And that's what I was. I've done this for my man and 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 my man. I brought this one back. This one would never even know what comment. There'll be an MC if it were for me. <laughs> I, I allowed you not to see another um, avenue out the hood to come and express yourself. I gave you that. But I wanted, I wanted something back from them when they were popping off and all the other stuff. But how God works is someone else that knows nothing about you, that owes you nothing. Is walking around with a blessing for you. So that that's in hindsight. So I went through all of that, and then this film, you know, I you know, I I, I saw what Mandem on the Wall were doing. Javan, Purcell, and D. If they were Americans, bruv, they would have got every deal under the sun. Because they had nothing but talent. They just needed an opportunity. So I wrote the weekend for me to play. But again, I was selfless. I was like, I'm too old for this now. 
No one ain't going to take this seriously if I play these youths and force it. So let me get the guys who I know can come and nail this. And it was Mandem on the Wall. Now, they didn't get paid from the movie. They didn't make a penny from this movie. We all had to charge it to the game. But I'm saying that, and you're probably looking at me and everyone else is probably listening to this, like, <coughs> what do you mean charge it to the game? This is your film, bruv. Like, the person who took everything, no one don't know them. They're no Kojo. <coughs> so now I'm cold in, out here in these streets. But now my name's getting messed up. Yeah, because you you started, the, you brought man in, yeah. all of that, and I ain't seen no peas. Yeah. I like, don't know about this guy and that guy. Yeah. I just know you, and I got your number in my phone book. Where's my, What's going on? Absolutely. Ch- Chuck, I'll even, I'll even Next go minute, as, now it's like, right, you know Kojo. Yeah, bro, Kojo, like, but mad, Chuck, like. I will tell you something that I, I, and this is, for me, just to say to this to you as my brother. This is where I was. You remember when I booked you to come Manchester with me? Yeah. And I took a while to give you your money. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember Chucky was belling me, bro. He was like, fam. I was low still. I need you to run them peas, bro. Yeah, I was, bro, I, need I was you to, low. <laughs> no, but, the, but, 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 yeah. but the, the fact is, is that yeah. that's where I was, bro. Okay. That was never to disrespect you yeah. and make you come all the way there and work with me yeah. and not give you your peas, bruv. And do you know it what that was... speaks to as well? That also speaks to the fact that in my head as well, I'm low. But I don't think that you're low because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you as Kojo. Yeah. So Kojo is out here. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, obviously I've done whatever. I need thing, whatnot. The time's gone by. I don't know what's going on. All I know is you're Kojo. Bruv. I don't know about nothing else other than that. I, it's Kojo. I got, you know what I mean? Five, six bills yeah. there for me. I've got bread <coughs> in the freezer. That's, I mean, in the freezer. I'm having to do all of that now to make sure the bread lasts longer yeah. and all of this stuff. Bro, I remember when a girl told me yeah, that I could put <laughs> bread in the freezer. Yeah. What? Dude. I can keep this because fr- I've got a phobia of mold. Yeah. So I'm flinging bread. I'm buying bread and flinging it away, but I can't afford to do that. Yeah. So I've got bread in the freezer to make this last. And, and I was homeless then. Oh, serious? I was on my friend's couch in Brixton for a year and a half, bro. Oh shit! So, so this is all. I'm low. I'm. I'm. My. My. My stars, like, gone right now. I've just done a movie that no one's got paid for, and everyone's coming to you and saying, "Where's your pee?" And they come to you, and you ain't been paid. You haven't got no money <coughs> because you trusted somebody. And this is where I want people that are listening to understand, like, just just don't be afraid of knowledge. Don't just pass off something to someone else because you just don't want to know what it, how, to, how it works. Because I knew how to be creative. I knew how to cast the movie. I knew how to get people together. I knew how to work with people with their lines. Did I know anything about film business? No. Did I know anything about cameras? No. So I left that to the other guy. Because he went to film school. And, and, and I put all my trust in him the same way he could have trusted me with what I was doing. So many things behind the scenes were going wrong with that film. Yeah? And <laughs> I'm not going to put all the blame on him because there, there was gut feeling that I knew something was going wrong, but I didn't check it and I ignored it. <coughs> but in the grand scheme of things, I came and I put him on the project. So this was all mine. But I couldn't do this by myself. I needed people that knew more than me. I might be a don at comedy, but what do I know about films, bro? So I put my hands up. There's people that won't put their hands up. They'll go in there, do a car crash film, and say I've done a movie in it. But I want people that are better than me in those departments to come and teach me 
and let's do this together. I, again, it comes back to together. I've never wanted to do nothing by myself. So, so that's where I was, bro. Like, I was homeless, bro. Like, I'm not, when I say homeless, I'm not homeless out here where man's going to be on the streets. You get me? Like, yeah, I could go to my aunt's house all the way yeah, in Enfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, brother, I, that, that, that's ages to get into town and work. Yeah, 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 my yeah. P's ain't even set up for me to like that, to be yeah. doing them kind of mad travels. Yeah, yeah. I've just come back from LA. This film's happening. The guy who originally was going to pay for the film went AWOL to this day and never seen him again. Ross Clark. And, I, and I'm trusting this man because of the, the partner, the business partner that I was working with. I borrowed money from somebody. I'm now in seven grand debt, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm in seven grand debt. Do you have bailiffs? Any bailiff is... is, is <coughs> I didn't have a house that bailiffs, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, oh, shit. Unless, unless, unless they really... Oh, shit. So, you know that they, they really the want their visa to your bridge. The bailiffs was in Oxford Street not knowing whether to step forward or step backwards. Guys. Imagine they're coming to your bridges, huh? <laughs> That's when you know they want their peace. They're going, to the, they're going to the food shop. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know my man. <laughs> what, here come for a rice and peas this yeah, week? No. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what was going on, bruv. And it was like, every decision I was making was just bad. And it was worse, 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 worse. <clears throat> so then I, um, I just, I, you know what? I just, I just... One thing about me, yeah, and what people have said about me right now, like even when I walked to you, you was like, Cold, you look good, you look well, whatever. Do you know what I've never allowed to get to me? I've never allowed any of those bad days to get to me physically. Mm. Never. Like, like my faith, bro, is outstanding. <laughs> yeah. It's outstanding, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't need no evidence to know that I'm going to be cool. I've always said, if I met Jay-Z, I will, on I will only add to that man. Yeah. That's how confident I am in who I am. Even if it's a pound, he's going to have one pound more than he had when he met me. Word. That's how confident I am <laughs> in my ability and mind that God's given me creatively. Yeah. Yeah? There's not many people, there's not many things that I've done that can people can genuinely say, that was terrible. Mm. When you look back at my work. So I've felt, no matter what financial situation I've been, I've never allowed it to affect the execution. You watch the weekend movie now, bro. That's a solid production. We had no peace, bro. We had no peace. That's relationships and love and everyone putting their hands on it. Yeah? <clears throat> the soundtrack to the weekend. Listen to the soundtrack of the weekend. We had to beg everyone to, for their track. Beg. Huss is on there. Gigs is on there. Fuse had a song that was out for five minutes, bro. I said, bro, I need that. <laughs> Here you go. The amount of people that showed love was phenomenal. Yeah. But the taste in people's mouth when they even think about that, people are Ashley Inks. I saw Ashley Inks jumping in and out of man's whips. Yeah. Doing a madness that had me weak. I said, yep, you're coming in the movie, bro. Yeah. Never done a film before. A Squeezy is one of my favorite people in this game. Yeah, shout out to A Squeezy. One of my favorite people in this game, yeah? I felt like people were overlooking my man. Yeah. I said, I know what you're on, come. Yeah, yeah. Gave yeah. him a sick homeless character. Like, I've always seen the vision for other people, but I never see. I never really took time to have the have the vision for myself. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I've, I I I remember I remember I called No Clark and I called Wiley, and I said to them, "We need to do a roundtable conversation." Yeah, and I hope one day we can still to get to do it because I feel like between the three of us, we've controlled this whole scene. Mm. Comedy, music. And film. And film. Like, 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 
no ego. And the only person outside of that that I think still deserves to probably be on that table but would be on the same genre is Mega. Well, of course, yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So you could have Mega or a Wiley. Yeah. But in terms of that round table, bro, I don't know if anyone else, unless we're going into like radio and all these yeah. other elms, rap elms, I think in a nutshell, it's, it's film, comedy and, yeah. and music, isn't it? So on that round table, bro, the stories that could come from that conversation would be phenomenal, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And I think one day, I hope that we can genuinely do that because we've been the seed to so many. Hopefully Wiley turns up. Right, we might have to go and find him. Like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but but um, but yeah. So for me, I feel like <coughs> that's the phase that I was going through, right? And then um, I just got to a place where I just started reading. No, I said I'm gonna be happy. So I'm, I'm looking for everything. No, I'm not performing in that, but I wasn't enjoying comedy. Felt like I was out of place. I didn't really know what the scene was at the moment. The whole movie thing's got everyone hating Koja right now. Do you know what I mean? And I'm losing my, my respect from people that I've earned. Do you know what mm. I mean? And people are looking at me sideways. And even you, bro, I don't even know how you felt about not getting your piece at the time. And I, and you're oh, someone no, that... No, no, I don't, no, regardless I don't, of that, I don't yeah. know, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just assumed in the, in the grand scheme of things, everyone's hating on me right now. Everyone's just not even thinking about, fuck, like, is Kojo okay? Like, yeah, yeah. But I just, but, just even just to let you know now, bro, like, on a genuine one, bro, I had so much on my own shoulders, bro. For once I got that five bills, I was not even <laughs> thinking about anything other than what I needed to sort out. For you, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That was just my thing. I weren't like holding any grudges towards anything or anyone. I just had things I needed to fix and sort out. But I also had the perspective that whatever I was going through at the time was not lasting forever. So <coughs> my faith mm. is almost the same as yours. That like, even in my lowest moments in my life, I always knew that like, it's gonna work itself out. It's impossible that yeah. this is me forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible. I've, and 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 one thing that I feel that we definitely share in common is commitment to what we do. Mm. Like I think that is one thing that is not even really spoken about a lot when people are talking about you know like cutting through in a creative industry. Just commitment, bro. Because mm. sometimes you know what, like I feel that you have sections of people in like different categories when it comes to doing certain things that are creative. One, you have some people that like, when they start doing something for whatever reason, shit just falls in their lap mm. and shit just happens. They just like, they, I don't know what it is, but you know what? This opportunity comes, they take it, they do well from it, whatever. Then that happens. Then this happens. Then that happens. And it's just all mad lit. But there's also a section of us that are like <coughs> having to grind tooth and nail for every damn thing that um, we're trying to get. And like, that's been me. And I know that has been you as well. Like things, sometimes people will see some of the stuff that's happening now for you and stuff and just think, oh, right. Like, yeah, oh, Kojo's like, you know what I mean? It's just happening for him. But they don't see when the lights was off. And when it was just super difficult and all them hours, no matter how much money you will get paid now for the big tour that you're doing and stuff like that, when you add that to all of the hours that you have done in your life, it's, it's kind of average. Bro, what, what did I say? Didn't we say we're not getting paid for what we're doing now? We're getting paid for what we've done before. Years. Yeah. I've been out here on an absolute super duper grind, bro. But that's why. But we stayed committed. But this is what I'm trying to say. And that is why. That's why at the time when I was on radio, 
I, I just like, because I had power at Capital. I knew, at Choice, sorry. Mm. I, Manny will tell you. Yeah, shout out to Manny. Like, Manny called me like, bruv, I'm out of here. Because he, he was, he had just left Kiss or whatever. Mm. And to me, Manny's always been my favourite DJ. Oh, bro. And yeah. I don't even want to interrupt you again, but sorry, Manny's my brethren, by the way. I'm going to bring Manny on this podcast, yeah? But he's another one who's had to grind tooth and nail. And the other day, I saw him. He might, he's not going to want me to say this, yeah? And not that this matters, but it's only because of how hard I've seen him work and I've seen him in his moments where it's not <coughs> where it's at. When I saw him the other day pulling up in the big one, Sometimes when he rings me, yeah, we just be chatting on the phone. And as the when the phone when we finish on the conversation, I'm just like, yeah, big whips. I just say it, we just laugh. But it's just because I know like how much hours, days, months, years it has taken him to put him in a certain position where he's Yeah. It's the it's the preparation meeting the opportunity. Yeah, but also me? you can look at Manny and go, right, Manny's been on every radio station though. Of course, that's true. You can look at that and go, like, you know, where's this where's the stability? But at the same time, mm. who gives a shit? Mm. What, until you find a home, innit? You go everywhere until you find a home. Right? So coming up to like the whole Britain's Got Talent thing, when that when that opportunity no, well, before that, sorry. What I chose to do is that's what I was saying to you, what I chose to do is just be happy. And happiness is a choice, bro. Yeah? You can sit in envy and jealousy and all the other stuff, which is also a choice, because your, you know, Instagram don't say, look at me. You go and look at it. You go and look at what everyone's winning and everyone's showing you their highlights and then you compare them to your behind the scenes because that's what you got to compare them to because you know you live with you 24-7. Right, but you don't see no one else's behind the scenes. You just see their highlights, and you feel like you can compare them both, which you can't. But that's what gets a lot of people. A lot of this mental health stuff, and I'm going to say this, and some people won't like it. But not everyone, not, not everyone's going through mental health. A lot of people are jealous. <laughs> a lot of people are jealous, bro. And and I can sit here in front of you and say I've been there. Yeah. I've been jealous of people. Yeah, I've been envious of people. Of course. But but mental health is when you can't take it no more. And for me, it's the seed is jealousy in a lot of these people because we're, we're, too much is exposed at once. Too much is exposed at once. And then people want to start claiming there's real people going through depression. There's real mental health out there. And it's too much of a buzzword for me right now. And everyone's just claiming it. And a lot of this is just fucking envy from what other people are doing. And you're, you're, you're not running your race. You're, running, you're trying to run other, other people's races. I feel like, oh, yeah, my shit ain't happening for me. Um, um, but it's happening for the other person. Maybe because you're focusing on other people too much. And, and uh, as I say this out loud, I had to say this to myself. And I remember I said to you, do you read? Remember, we had that conversation. He's like, right, yeah, of course I read. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I never said that to you to tell you to start reading or, <coughs> or to say a man ain't reading that here. Yeah. I said it to you because... Bruv, readings, taking the time to just go through these audio books and all the other stuff. Well, I might as well just do that. Now. Come on. <laughs> shout out to Rich. Yeah, shout out to Rich. But like, all of these books that I've indulged in was the beginning of my comeback. You know what I'm saying to you? Now, when I said that to you, I don't know what situation is. I know we can all look great if we want to. 
Yeah. But people, because especially black folks, we never look like what we're going through. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> we're good at that, blood. You get yeah, me? Yeah. yeah. We we come at a club drunk, blood. Don't know yeah. how we get home. Yeah, it's true. Right. So I never take for granted that <clears throat> just because I see Chucky doing the podcast or whatever that everything's kosher. If I can slide you a little mm. reminder, maybe to check out a book or whatever, mm. I'm going to do that. I don't care how people take it. Because my thing isn't about where you're at now. It's just to keep you motivated and positive and whatever. And I know reading is something that I never really indulged in. And then I decided to bang out these audio books and um, a couple of copies. And um, like the book that really ignited everything <coughs> that I made Quincy read is Kevin Hart's book. Okay, I haven't read that one, no. You have to read that book. Is it, yeah? It's a must. Okay. Because what you learn from reading Kevin Hart's book... Or than that now. What you learn from reading Kevin Hart's book is... Sometimes you ain't got to restart, you just got to reset. Word. You hear what I'm saying to you? Restarting means like, bro, man, I have to cut all this comedy thing off and come back as a film director to us. How many artists just keep changing their name? Like, 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 like we've gone blind all of a sudden. Mm. It's still the same person. I don't know why people change their name. When has that ever done anything? Mm. I'm trying to find one person that's changed their name that's that's made them better. Nobody. I can't think of one. Maybe you can. Um, uh, Two Chains used to call himself Titty Boy. Well, that's probably why it didn't fucking work. <laughs> but like, yeah. I can't think of I can't think of one. Right? Yeah. So my point is. Just reset and with what everything that Kevin went through in his career, I started to say to myself, right, what I'm going through is light. What I'm going through, if 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 we both dropped our problems on the floor, I'm picking his up. That's right, I'm, I'm picking mine back up, blood. Yeah. That's where you have to check yourself. If we all dropped our problems on the floor, bruv, how many people will rush for yours? <laughs> That's true. That's true, boy. So, so when I saw what he'd been through and him being in comedy and him, you know, just to where he's at now, those bad days, which I was saying to you before, which are the best bits of Bieber's books, mm. are what brought me back to life. And that yeah. line of press and reset, bro, Yeah, that line saved me. And then I got a call and I always give him a shout out for this, Deneo. Mm. And he said, Coach, I remember I put up a clip of my one of the scenes on the weekend before I played a pastor. I don't know if you've seen it. And it, it's gone, it went viral. Like, it went viral mad. And then every now and again, I just post it up. And um, and he goes, Coach, he called me. He goes, Coach, bruv, that's what... Why don't you do more of that, Coach? Like, I said, man, I ain't out here doing sketches. That was a film, bruv. That was a movie. This shit I'm trying to say. But he's like, bruv, we need more of that from you. And then he just started encouraging me. He said, Coach, you're not old, you know, bruv. You're tired. That's all you are. You're just tired, bruv. Because think about how long you've been in the game. Who's not going to be tired after going through it like that, bruv? Mm. And you ain't been going through it where you've had no blessings. Mm. You've had bare blessings, wilder now. You've had, you've had all of these things going on along the journey, radio, all the other stuff. But, you, but, but you, we know that there's still come from you, but you're, you're not old, you're tired. Yeah. <clears throat> and that line also saved my, my career because I just made me go, yeah, I am tired. I'm not old out of here, bruv. I'm tired. So then I started reading and then it just, then I read Charlemagne's book. Then I bought Target's book. Yeah. Then I bought Wiley's book. Yeah. Then I bought Stormzy's book. Yeah. 
And I'm out here just. I've read a lot of them as well. I've read and I'm just soaking it all up. Stormzy's book really helped me because. Yeah, I read that. It prepared me on how to build a team. Yeah, that's a good book. I loved how, like, he in the book they go in and out of talking to like team members and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah because because how how did he meet his PR and how did yeah. he meet his manager and how did, yeah. and and telling his manager like, brother, I got you. Like, leave Land Rover wherever he's working. Yeah, like, of course. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Toby, yeah? Yeah, Toby. Yeah, he yeah, was like, working at um, yeah, Land, Rover, Land Rover. Yeah, he had a costly thing going on. Yeah, yeah, he was making peas. He was yeah. good. He was all right. Right. But 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 that person... Shout out to Twin as well. Yeah, that, that person just being able to say, yeah, bruv, I'm riding with you, bruv. That's, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Then it's for real. Uh, you know, Flips and all these other people. You know what I mean? Shout out to them because we was all in LA the other day. But like... Just to meet them as well, having read them from the book, it was like really nice for me as well because yeah. they don't know what their story done for me. You just threw it out there, innit? But I, I, I caught it, brother, and it done a lot for me and helped me with what I've got going on now. So, um, yeah, brother, I felt like I had clarity. I found happiness, you know? My son was coming. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be a dad now, like... So ain't no more making five pound last a week, cuz. Like, now you got to make sure that you got something to really show your son when he, when he, when he grows up. So then November, I prayed over my, my year. November is when everyone gets reflective in it. Like, yeah. people looking back at the year now, you're thinking, shit, like, was it been good? Did I say, did I live up to what I was going to yeah. do? <clears throat> did I get my targets? All that stuff. And then I was just like, look, God, like, I feel like everything's going wrong for me at the moment. And if I'm doing too much, just tell me I'm doing too much. Yeah. And I woke up the very next day, bruv, and I was like, I ain't writing no more films. But don't want to do no more radio. Don't want to do no television. Don't want to do nothing. I'm just going to go back to comedy. I'm just going to be a stand-up comedian. Because when I was just a stand-up comedian, that's when everything opened up for me. That's when all these other blessings happened. The root is, my root is comedy. And I always say to people, what's the root of your, of, what's, what's going to be the root of your legacy? Chuck, we all know you do all this other stuff, but you're, you're a DJ first, bro. Mm-hmm. That allowed you to do podcasting. That allowed you to do radio. My love for music, do... yeah, of course. My love for music brought me here. Right, but too many people go on Twitter and they go, I'm a chef, DJ, plumber. Do you know what I mean? But not, not known for none of those things. Mm-hmm. But you're just telling the world what you can do, but what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's going to get you to do those things, if that's what you want to do. So for me, it was like stripping back all the distractions. I got caught up in trying to save the world. We didn't have a movie like Friday, so I wrote one. We didn't have a wild night in this country, so I done the fun house. We didn't have a weekly comedy club in this country, so I booked Cork's Comedy Fun House. Bruv, none of those things were to blow up Kojo. They was to save people. Yeah, I go to America all the time and I'm inspired <coughs> by them, but I'm inspired by them to bring it back here. Because mm-hmm. here's where I'm going to make a real difference. I'm, otherwise, I'm just going to be another Ice Cube. I'm going to be another Tyler Perry. I'm going to be another Nick Cannon. We ain't got none of those people here. Where's our Diddy? Where's our Jay-Z? Where is our Nick Cannon? Where's our Ice Cube? That look like us. Mm. We're still waiting for those people to get into positions that I can go and look at uh, Michael Dapper and go, bruv, I've got your next five films patterned. Mm. Michael shouldn't have to go out there and write a movie and all that. Where's that person that's got his next film? Movie, his, his first comedy movie. That's, that, that's what I was trying to do all of that and then I just stripped everything back and I was like you know what I'm just gonna now I've got my son coming <coughs> I can just focus on what 
making him proud and making sure that he sees his dad doing something for him. And that narrowed down all the distractions. So I just said, I'm going to go and do stand-up. And then, man was on Instagram, got a DM from this random, shout out to Lawrence. <laughs> and he goes, Matt, hey, um, I'm working for a production company. Um, I've just seen some of your videos um, and we really like to put you forward. Brother, I'm, I'm just in November mode. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And he goes, do you mind if I show your video to my, my, my producers? So I was like, cool. So he sent it to them and he comes back to me the next day saying, everyone in the room was crying their eyes out. Like, you know, that they really, really thought he was funny. <coughs> so, um, um, so yeah, so we'd really like to put you on the show. So I'm like, okay, what's the show? And he said, Britain's Got Talent. I was like, nah, you're mad. Man, I think no fucking Britain's Got Talent, bro. I said, nah, I'm cool. And he goes, nah, we really think you'd be good, good at it this year. You know, last year, comedian won. <coughs> and we're trying to get more comedians on the show. And I was like, I, I'll think about it. But in my head, I was like, I ain't doing no fucking business got talent. And the reason why I said it, the truth of why I said it, is because I was afraid of what everyone's going to say. Of course. I remember being on radio when Nathan went on X Factor. Yes. And I remember Big Nasty. Nathan, yeah. Dragging him all over Twitter, bro. Okay, so for context, yeah. Nathan, R&B singer, yeah. He had a song called Come Into My Room. Which is still a UK it, classic. Right, was a... <coughs> Come this on. This was the tune, bro. Come I on. I can't play too much of it. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a fu- oh my god, bro. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that was a fucking monster. Nathan had to what people believe a career already. Mm. So we was like, why would he go on X Factor? I mean, X Factor then. I caught the, I caught what he was doing straight away because I, <coughs> one thing about me is I always have a love for human beings. I have a natural love for human beings and the mindset, right? And I always go, who am I to tell this man what position he's in? How do I know that this is all he had to go left? We've seen him tour with Endubs. We've seen him tour with all these different um, people, Jay Less and all these people. He's tried everything. Isn't There's people out here not trying, talking about they got a dream. They're not even trying. Talking about I got a dream and I'm trying to do this and do me and rare, rare, rare. Letting quotes motivate them for two seconds and going back to their bullshit. Like, this man's out here. Grinding, I've seen him do it. So, this clearly has to be his only opportunity that he feels he's got left. Hmm. But Big Nasty was online smashing him because of where he thought Nathan was. Yes. And that's why a lot of people are in prisons, yeah, that they've let other people create for them, bro. That's two, you know, cuz. I don't know how many of these you've been oh, giving out. I, I think two's the most on the bottom. Two's the most yeah. on the Two's two, yeah. Two, three. But I'm saying, most. like, that's a danger that we allow people to tell us where they think we are. Now, I've just unloaded to you where I was in my life. Yeah. But again, you're saying, bro, it's cool, Jordan. Why man ain't run me my 500 pound yet? Yeah. Because you see me somewhere else. Yeah. Imagine where everyone else sees me. Mm. So I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going on there for man to just start burying me or whatever. At no point did I think, could I go and smash it? I'm never worried about my performance. 
<coughs> I was worried about what people would say. Raw man is desperate, bro. Why man's out here doing things? Got talent. Is this what it's come to? I saw all the headlines before anyone could write anything. There ain't a black person on this planet that had said something about me going and Britain's Got Talent that I didn't say to myself. So once I got over that, I understood that. Do you know what? And it was Tiffany. She said to me, Tiffany is... My ex, actually. Yeah, the mother of your child. Yes. 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 But she said, the fact that they called you, they don't know you, bruv. So you can sit here with your wild and I, and I know Nick Cannon, and I know Kevin Hart, and Chris Rock, and all these people. They've confidently come to harass you to do the show because they don't know you, bro. Mm -hmm. Now, <coughs> so then I was like, well, but damn, like now I get to be the new guy with twenty years experience. That's a powerful position to be in because in my field, you get better as you get older, anyway. Real successful comedians don't come in your twenties and that. It comes in your your forties, really. Well, you've experienced more as well. Yeah, yeah. you're here talking about life. How are you talking about? What are you talking about twenty? Yeah. So so now I'm prime. I'm seasoned. Ain't a room in this country I can't go and smash. I've done churches, bro. I've I've talked to a man getting a wine off a girl, bro, in the club, in Brixton. Yeah, I've done all that. Those were challenges. So, after a lot of um, back and forth, because you also hear these things about, oh yeah, they get you on there, they don't let you be yourself and all this other stuff. Do you know what I mean? And then I was just like, I'm too far gone for anyone to tell me to be someone else. So now it was like, okay, <coughs> what am I going to do when I do this? What, what's the objective for me? The objective for me is to widen my audience to hopefully get a tour from it and to encourage others. Yet again, in an opportunity for myself, I'm thinking about other people. So I went down there with Tiff, my son, and Longer's come. Yeah. Your DJ. Yeah. yeah, Longer's been my DJ for like Shout ever. out to Longer's, I know Longer's. And um, <clears throat> we went down there <coughs> and uh, <coughs> I was nervous all day, bro, because I got there at 9 a.m. in the morning and I was on at nine o'clock at night, bro. Wrong. So imagine like th this is like a penalty for me. Like you got you got twelve hours to decide where you're gonna shoot the ball, blood. So man's changing up the jokes, bro. Nah, man, ain't gonna do this. Nah, I'm gonna nah, bum. I got the whole day just going over. Nah, that won't work. Let me boom, 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 boom. And I swear to you, I ended up just going out there and doing whatever came to my head, bro. Okay. Yeah, because it was that my hands were sweating. Now. All of these nerves had nothing to do with my performance, what I was going to say, the judges, or the audience. <coughs> it was everyone else. It was Black Twitter. And it was our scene, yeah. Black Twitter. I shouldn't say our scene, but yeah. That was all I was worried about. <coughs> so, my relationship with God kicked in because when I asked him to give me a sign, when I came back with, you've got too much distractions, you're trying to do too much, and get rid of everything. I also knew that God was all over this as well because your faith has to be proven. You've got to prove that you've got faith in me. So I'm going to give you the last thing that you're about to do. I know you ain't going to do this. But you've got to know it's me though. You've got to know that it's me giving you this opportunity. Yeah? This is me. 
I'm all over this. And that's where my faith took me. I knew God was all over it, Chucks. <clears throat> so I was like, I'm going to walk into this ring of fire because I believe he's going to have me. No matter what comes from this, it's going to be more than what I had before. That's my victory. I didn't even know until I got down there that there was a cash prize. I knew that you get to perform in front of the royal family. I didn't know that you get, get to win 250000 Oh, serious? I, yeah. I actually didn't know that either. I just knew you got to perform. And then obviously you get opportunities off, of off that as well, yeah. But it is that thing where you only get opportunities if you get to the final. Yeah. And even then, if you don't win... Yeah, it's still difficult. For facts, mm. yeah? So I go there, my hands are sweating. Three comedians on stage before me, bruv, getting battered. Yeah? And you know like that red buzzer? Fam... You hear it in the green room downstairs, blood, two oh, floors really? down. Blood. <laughs> that thing, it, like, I rate anyone who's ever got that and carried on. Yeah. It's potent. Because, it, bro, it's so potent, but it moves you, like, like it will throw you off, bro. And, and you're telling jokes? Mm. You see certain people just continue, bro, and you're like, man, I rate you. Because I, that would have thrown me off, bro. That would have thrown me off. So, went on there and then did what I did. And when the whole room stood up, yeah, all that came out of me was the, like, obviously you lot saw me tearing up, mm. but those tears was the biggest few mm, yeah. <laughs> ever of yeah. all time. Yeah. Like, it wasn't because, <coughs> oh, I've proven that I'm funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, I never came on the show to find out if I was funny or not. Mm. It was the biggest few that God saw me through this 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 moment he saw me through like the whole room stood up and the judges bro yeah and i just felt like this big risk that i took paid off right so then i'm just i'm just emotional that i even done this i'm so grateful that i done it and everyone stood up and then what they didn't show because they obviously they chop it up to give it drama or whatever but simon spoke first bro Oh, for real? He was the first one to talk to me. Yeah? And he was so eager to talk as well. Because I think David was going to say something, but then he just like, no, no, no. He was like that, David. He's like, and then he spoke. <coughs> and then he starts talking, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a line where he goes, but you know what? I'm not really a fan of comedians on this show. And I swear to mm. God, yeah. I was like, no. A man ain't going to do this to me on national television. Yeah. I'm like, in my head, and I'm saying all this quickly. Look at the audience. Yeah. They all stood up. Man can't move to me. And all my research, I know he don't like comics, innit? He don't really entertain them. He doesn't like, <coughs> he doesn't like the fact that someone's trying to make him laugh. Yeah. He don't like jokes. He don't, he don't mind stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He don't like jokes. Yeah, don't put me in a situation where like, I'm, like, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to, to laugh. I'm supposed to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to supposed to laugh. Exactly. Exactly. But if you notice, I just told <coughs> all these little short stories. <coughs> yeah. So, he goes, when he goes, but I love you, and press that golden buzzer. <coughs> I was like, thank you, God, for coming through. Because not only did you come through for me with the audience and everyone standing up, you gave me the person that I wrote off. I knew all, all I needed was three yeses. Simon, all the research I've done, because I'm not getting out there cold blood. Mm. All the research that I've done, Simon don't ever comedians like that. Yeah. So for me to get the Simon Cowell's golden buzzer 
on day one of filming. So remember, each judge gets one time to press it. There's 16 tapings. 16 days, bro. Still got to go to Manchester. See, mm. five days of filming up there. Man let off his golden buzzer on the first day of filming. If that wasn't God saying, I told you. Yeah. And even just getting to the show financially was tough for me. Yeah. Talk on that. Because, bro, like, <coughs> my son was coming, so I was just doing any job. I was doing, bro, I was putting myself <laughs> through shows that I should never have been doing. Man's out here doing stuff at Zabranos, doing some weird stuff that I'm like, what is this? What am I doing? But I just, my son's coming. I just need peace. Man's, people are booking me for like £100, knowing I'm worth more than that. Mm. But I, I'm now saying, bro, I can't leave £100 on the table. Mm. Someone else is going to take it. I can't look at, I can't not have my son prepared and ready for when he, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to grab that. So it was a very financially tough time for me. Um, and I wanted to change my situation. I wanted to change my family situation. I wanted to change, you know, I wanted to not make everything that I've done to this point in vain, bro. I didn't want that to be in vain. I wanted it to mean something. And when people talk about comedy, <coughs> they, talk, they, they don't mention my name if you're talking about how it started out here in terms of who really pioneered the new generation. But I've never heard people go, hey, Kojo's hilarious, you know? Mm. I can't remember the last time I heard somebody say, boy, Kojo's, Kojo's actually very, very funny, you know? Mm. Because everything that's deemed to be funny is online now. It's on social media. Remember, you got to be 18 to come see me in a comedy club. I could be six years old and laugh at White Yardy. Mm. I think he's hilarious and Mo and Dapper and all that. There's no age limit there. I can laugh at them on my phone. Everyone's got their phone in their hand all day. you got to find an outfit, get your hair trim, all that long thing to come and see me. So that's where I was at, bro. So this allowed me to stay true to my art form in front of a wider audience. I wasn't willing to do the Instagram thing. So I had to bite my tongue and wait. And it was a painful wait. But doing Britain's Got Talent <clears throat> allowed me to stay true to who I am and what I do, which is stand up. That's my brand of comedy. And be able to be national. And then when Simon pressed that buzzer, and then it went out like, remember I had five months, yeah, to know who was who. Cause I knew that I knew that I knew it was gonna, gonna start going mad. I had five months to just not say nothing to nobody, still move around how I'm moving around, but get to see who's really messing with me. Now I got 2020 vision, bro. Because now the blessings come. Now I'm traveling the world and I'm doing all this other stuff. You know, the victory was already won when Simon done the buzzer. Because that's all people remember from last year. They can't tell you who won the show. Mm. I go to Nigeria, Dubai, LA, and people are stopping me at the airport and and running up to you, asking for a picture. And you, I'm just losing it. Like, how? I'd signed up for Britain's Got Talent, but this went around the world. Comedians from LA and people like Samore, Karina Comedy and Chris Rock and all these people messaging me and saying, bro, well done and congratulations to Chappelle. You know, and it was just like, finally I'm stepping into something for myself <clears throat> even the comedians are like you know what 
And this is a bittersweet thing, and me and Quincy talk about it a lot. It's, it's like, it's the new hate. It's the man can't even hate on you, you know. Man can't even say, it's like that. It's, saying they want to hate, but they can't. They mm. can't find one. They can't find a room to actually be negative. That's all that, that's all, that's how I receive that. Man can't even hate on you, you know, bro. Like, you deserve it. That's backwards, though. Do you understand what I'm trying to say, though? They're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. But that alone is fun. This is what I'm trying to yeah. say. A man can't wholeheartedly go, well done. Yeah. It has to come with something that allows them not to feel shit about what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what's been going on. But ultimately, I'm now stepping into my purpose. You know, for real. And I've got 20 years experience. I know how to stay at this level. Because I've walked with legends, icons, not just funny people. I've walked with Chappelle, who sat me down on numerous occasions and schooled me. Kevin Hart put me on Wembley Arena in front of 12,000 people. Chris Rock <coughs> comes to my comedy show before doing a world tour. Working with Russell Simmons for a year in New York. Like, like I'm a boy from Hackney. Wilding out for three seasons. I know. Wilding out, bro. Three seasons. God. 18 episodes, bro. Like, the journey's always been keep graphing, keep graphing. So many people would have stopped on one of those things that I've just said. But to me, I know that it's greater than that. And that's why for me to go on this tour now, it's not just to go and make people laugh. It's to give them an experience. I went on Britain's Got Talent, bro. And I spoke about my African dad. I wore an African outfit in the semi-final. I came out to Afrobeats in the final, bro. I said, Simon, you got to come to my church because that's what I do. I go to church. So many people, they just focus on shit. Let me just focus on the jokes I got to tell. Hmm. Let me not step out of these jokes and get to... I wasn't worried about being funny. I was worried about getting the culture. Yeah. Because so many years, for 20 years, bro, I've had people telling me that people don't get the African stuff and people don't get all this stuff. And I've got old white people from Bognor Regis saying, oh, that stuff you say about your dad, mate. <laughs> has me has me hysterics, bruv. And I've been told that these people won't get it. And that's why going on Britain's Got Talent cuts out the middle, man. Word. All the people in the industry that block people from changing perception and allowing us to understand that we all got the same parents with different accents. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I've sold that Hackney Empire before that about eight times. Long from early. But, I, but then I was told, yeah, but it's a black crowd. Like they separate how people spend their money at the bank. <laughs> I that still. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, so again, it comes to what I said about how does LeBron James continue to impress people? Because I've been, I've been doing it, but it was, it was never hitting home. So I had to step out of... That's the title of the podcast, sorry. <laughs> I, like that, no. I had to step out of um, what where people thought I was and get into it for real. Mm. I've never liked looking good. I've liked feeling good. Mm. I've always liked feeling good. So when I'm quiet, everyone's going to mm. know I'm quiet. Everyone's gonna know I'm quiet. I've never bro. liked looking good. I've liked feeling good. Because, and that's the truth though, Chucks. 
So when I'm cold, everyone's gonna know I'm cold because that because it's that's the weather right now. But when I'm shining, everyone's gonna know I'm shining, and you got you got to be able to own both. Mm. It it puts people into depression when they've got to keep up this pretense. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't want ever want to be where people think I am, because then if I don't ask for help, I might be walking past blessings. Mm. That's why I'm I'm so. I don't like when people when you hit people up genuinely be like, hey, how you been? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. If you're not elaborating, you might need someone's help. That could help you right now, but you're good, isn't it? All right, cool. All right, well, Same. enjoy your day. And I'll see you later. But you might be going through a madness. Mm. And I'm not saying to put your business out there to everybody. But if you ain't got no one you could talk to, that's a problem, bro. Yeah, of course. If you can't unload on anyone around you, that's a problem. So that's why I always genuinely ask people, how are you? And elaborate. Because if you're good, I'm good. Later. Don't, don't, don't try and go through this life by yourself, bruv. Do you know what I mean? And I say that to say, things got better for me when my son came and my relationship with Tiffany because I, <coughs> I just went away from everything and just started doing funny videos. You know what I mean? With me and my missus and my son and that was my happy space. It wasn't comedy. It wasn't none of those things that I've given my whole life to. They didn't love me back like that. But I was getting love here. So I just I just felt deep in that. And that gave me a whole new energy through reading as well. It just, it just you know, changed my whole life. And I'm just admit where you are to, to get to where you want to get to. Bro, like seriously, man. As someone who's like watched you for a long time and seen just the different things that you've done and being like just so important to what, the comedy scene is today, bruv. I just think it's so inspiring watching you in this new chapter in your life. And like, the beginning <coughs> of this, the end of last year, 2019, I've written down like, for this is, I've never done this before, but I just did it this time around. I just wrote down in detail, like things that I wanted to do and achieve and like, just like goals and just like loads of different stuff. It's like, it's probably the neatest and um, most elaborate thing that I've ever wrote in my life. And it's just for me, in it. But there's one thing in it that, like, is something that I've wanted to do more so this year, is sit down and just, like, have conversations with people like you and just, like, let you discuss, you know, your journey and just have these these interesting conversations with interesting <coughs> people that have X amount of substance in it. And today is just... Uh, a perfect example of the type of conversations I want to start having this year. And bro, congratulations, bro. I know that this is literally just now the start of another part of your your life and your career in that year. But all the preparation that you've put in throughout all of these years shows that you're like, now that the opportunity is there, it's easy. This is water on a duck's back yeah. for you. It's water on the ducks. You going up and down the country and doing shows in all of these places, these weird places that I've... I shouldn't say weird. They're weird, bro. So, yeah. Some of them we you know what I mean? well, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, you have been ready for it. So now that the opportunity is there for you to go and do it, like, I, I, again, as I say, it's water on the ducks back. So congratulations on that, bro. And um, and I hope that once it's all done, once you get past all of that, you <coughs> come... 
and sit down and have a conversation about just how your experience was yeah. doing that and just how you feel today as a as a man. Do you get me? Bro, I but just yeah. turned 40, bro. Yeah, I hear that. I hear Four you zero. And, that's a big man stuff. And, and like, I just feel like this is my... It's been my best, best birthday ever. Yeah, bro. You age well, bro, because shit, bro. I never thought you was... <laughs> I thought you was, like... I would have thought you were, like, 33. You know what I mean? Come on. You know what I mean? Nah, I thought... Yeah. And you know what it is? I want to own it. Yeah. I think we get into this stage in life where we're supposed to have done this by then and this by this time. And I think... Fuck all of that. But this is what I'm saying, because you know what, yeah? You see my video? Do you know why it got 30 million views, bro? It got 30 million views because... I think halfway through, people stop seeing them, me, and start seeing their, their own hustle. Mm. There's people arguing that something ain't happened for them mm. in ten years, or they've been in six months and five years. I've been doing this, and nothing ain't happened for me. A man's been doing it for twenty, bro. Mm. Twenty, and I'm still going. And I, I keep saying this, and I want this to get around. Is my biggest fear is God knocking my door and saying I'm ready for you, and I say give me five minutes. Mad. Because what the hell have I been doing then? And that's what I want to end on. Because our job is to be ready. Our job isn't to tell the world when we want our opportunity. Our job is to stay ready. And as someone who I've always admired in yourself, you know any opportunity where I can help you from when I had nothing to when I've got now, even if it's long as can't make it and chucks you around. Like, it's because... I see what you're doing. And when you started the podcast, I called you. And I said, bro, it's sick. So I'm saying, I, and I know that there's so many times where I felt like you've been overlooked. Yeah. But what I love about this is this, this is relentless. Mm. This is relentlessness, bro. This is, I'm, I'm still just going to focus on me. And what's, I know what's ahead of you is mad. So I want to pass it on to say, just coming out of my whole situation and testimony bro just keep doing this bro because this is the key to what's for you trust me thank you my brother Kojo everyone thanks for listening everyone I appreciate it I appreciate you bro no worries man likewise my brother real talk don't get no tickets for the tour though come on I'm gonna pull it up so people can yeah man we're, we're, we're sold at most places anyway but I want this thing See to that. just go nuts bro I hear that loud Bless up. Blessings that flow like a river. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.